It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mike and Viana, yeah, they're playing some games And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B Mike and Viana, yeah, they're playing some games And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name Everybody and welcome to the RHAP BNB for episode seven of Survivor Winners at War. As we are finishing off, I would call a pre-merge for the ages. And to commemorate the occasion, we have some guests for the ages. Unfortunately, as announced last week, Liana Boris is not here. Don't worry, she did not raise the mast or the flag. She is not gone forever, just taking a temporary yachtis. She'll be back next week, but in her place, we have assembled a Survivor YouTuber special. Two of some of the best guys putting out constant Survivor video content each and every week on the interwebs, which in this day and age, I know that I need. I'm sure a lot of people need as well. Uh, it's, it's an old guest and a new guest, as it were. First, let me bring in the familiar, welcoming back to the BNB, Peridium. Peridium, how are you? Uh, thank you, Mike, for having me back. Third time's the charm. Um, I appreciate it. And yeah, it's been it's been crazy, crazy times, both on and off Survivor. And uh, I'm just glad to be back in the BNB, playing some games like I think most people are these days, indoors, having a good time. Exactly. And hopefully, you know, we're not playing this in person, so there's no chance of like board game pieces going flying everywhere when people get mm. angry. Like if you get angry, it's virtually and you can sort of stew in your own home rather than have to take it out in any personal property. Yeah, we're not, you know, I don't think we're too far uh, geographically located. Maybe one day we'll get together and do some actual board gaming inside with a uh, fake little Survivor Pogs or something. Who knows? Oh, yeah, let's play the Survivor official board game. I have both. We'll do that, we'll do that RPG. Liana was talking about making an RPG last week. We'll get together, make an Oregon Trail RPG and see how that pans out. Amazing. Well, maybe we can invite this guy as well, a new guest to the BNB. Uh, you might know him as Once Upon an Island on YouTube, doing basically uh i could explain it but i would call them video essays about some of the more old school castaways and in a season that has sort of had the unintentional underline of old school versus new school it's very pertinent that he's here once upon an island aka wesley how you doing welcome to the bnb you know i'm doing well and the more i think about the coronavirus i think it's also a story and i can expect 20 documentaries in 2021 about it i mean <laughs> i at it least so many it's going to be like the Fire Festival documentary where there's going to be like a Hulu one and a Netflix one. There's going to be cross comparisons of which one should I watch. 
Yes, yes, there will be. There will be so many. I can only imagine how many stories will be told about the coronavirus when people are allowed to get together and film. Well, so Wesley, speaking of film, I'm going to throw this to you because you're a new guest. I'm going to put your feet to the fire here. Give us your backstory to Survivor, as well as for the uninitiated. Uh, give us a little bit of a taste as to what Once Upon an Island is as a channel. Sure, sure. So uh, Feet to the Fire, very funny because my first season was the Australian Outback. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, actually, OK, so technically, I think I watched Borneo first, but to be Fair, I don't remember Borneo when I first watched it. I do remember Australian Outback because it was such a uh, it was a season with Colby and the, and, the, and the fire with he who shall not be named. Mm. Um, so I've been watching since then. I then uh, at one point joined the Navy and uh, shockingly in Cuba, uh, you just can't. There's just like no access to Survivor, which is the saddest thing in Cuba. Uh, so there's quite a few seasons where I didn't watch the show. And then I picked it right back up. Um, Millennials versus Gen X. I'm sorry. Co wrong. And then after Korong happened, I'm like, well, this is a great season. Um, I got to rewatch everything I missed. And I did. And then I'm caught up and then I got obsessed. And then I found Rob as a podcast and I found this podcast. And I feel like there's a question you asked and I missed it. Oh, yes. The channel. Um, uh, Yeah. So actually some credit to Peridium because Peridium, uh, I think, was a big part in why my channel started. Uh, So I'm a huge I mean, uh, I went to college and got a degree after the Navy. For filmmaking it's like my my passion um and peridium put out a video called uh, i think it was the call now don't uh butcher me here but i think it was called like the story of dr will kirby mm-hmm. and then at the end of it he's like oh man i you know what so let me go what you guys think like what if i did stories about uh survivor or amazing race and i'm like you should and then he never did i think he put out one about <laughs> daniel reyes like a year, about a year later and i was like i was hoping it's me like a regular thing on the channel um because i was like i was like this is really good um and so I was like, oh, what if I do what he did, but put it on steroids with my own take? Because as a filmmaker, I feel like it's like that's like how I think about almost everything is like, how would this work as a film? Why is this? And then I start thinking about things like a Survivor edit. Why is this person telling me this? They're telling me this with a purpose because everything in Survivor has a purpose when you see it. And not everything in life does, but you get so in the mindset, you start thinking like that. Um, I feel like I answered the question. Yeah. So so basically, yeah, for those that don't know that these are essentially sort of uh, narrative videos that tell the stories of whether they be players or events that happened. Yeah, my bad. Yes. Okay. so the point that so Once Upon an Island is a YouTube channel where I'm going through every season of Survivor chronologically, starting with Borneo and eventually i think i'll get caught to a current season i don't know how many years down the line that will be listen as someone Um, who does the survivor historians (laughs) i can say that it's it's easier said than done when it comes to catching up to the modern seasons uh some of the seasons are just harder to watch i I just finished thailand i'm actually finishing up the brian heideck story right now Mm. and it's the weirdest one by far like just he's just such he's something um (laughs) but uh but um yeah yeah so i'm going through seasons chronologically and i'm telling the stories of what i consider major survivor characters so um for example a recent season would be like edge of extinction like rick devins was a major character like even though he didn't win he's he even he has to have a story about him because he's just such a major character in that season for people who may have only watched recent seasons to give you better context but um with every season i'm going to do the story of the winner whether they are from Samoa, <laughs> Natalie White from Samoa, with almost no content, or even if they're Boston Robin and Redemption Island, where it's like the whole season is just about them. Um, so I'm always going to do a story about the winner, but I let my uh, not to like self promote too much, but my my patrons on Patreon, I'll let them pick the other stories I'm going to do. So anything that's not the winner, I let them pick. Um, 
So yeah, and I, I walk through the story from beginning to end and I try to like every single thing Survivor tells you about this person, no matter how little or, or, or big it is, I, I try to cover that part because they're with the edit there there's a purpose to everything they're telling you mm. um i would say 95 percent of the time sometimes they throw things in there throw you off but not in early seasons just that's more recent i think um but in the early seasons every single thing has a purpose to what they're why they're showing it to you so i, I cover all of that if that's something that interests you if you're like obsessive um that's this is this is probably the channel for you yeah, and I, I know that I personally came into contact with the channel. Uh, probably, I'd say, one of your biggest videos you put out so far to the point where the man himself who you covered, Ethan Zahn, even uh, made a mention of it was your your story about him, which I thought was very pertinent given that people might not have watched Africa since it aired in 2001. Hell, some people might not have watched Africa in general. So I thought it was a great <laughs> summary of his game and who he was as a player. And I do think it actually did fundamentally fill in some blanks as to how he played for how many episodes uh, this season. So yeah, if you're interested in checking out, especially some of that more old school content, be sure to check out Once Upon an Island. Pretty, I also know that for this season, you have sort of changed up your own weekly content, battle maps and all. Yeah, exactly. I was, you know, I'm, I've been so excited about Winners at War. Um, and I, you know, I spent a lot of time, obviously, uh, if you've seen my channel, talking a lot about Survivor history, but I was like, I would love to find a way to integrate modern survivor what's happening on the screen each week and a lot of times i'll make a video based around the theme of the latest episode but i won't necessarily talk about the latest episode too much so i was like you know obviously a huge part of making videos on youtube is working with the copyright system and they will uh, oh gosh, not, yes. they will not they will not hesitate to take a video <laughs> down if they want they don't like what you're saying or just the algorithm is not having a good day yes. um so i just worked on creating graphics and I spent a while um, building an idea that I, I you know it's relevant to what I like to do every day, play games, whether they're board games or, or, or video games or whatever. So I uh, created this concept of having a, a big oak table with a battle map out like you're in a war, like it's winners at war and putting little pieces on the table of a map of an island and moving them around, trying to explain what was happening and who's doing what and, you know, what's the strategy and sort of laying it out for people. And it was a very different idea that I found I think I actually like quite a lot it requires a little bit more time than the average video, but I find it probably way more rewarding. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and that's what I've been doing this, this for about half the videos this season. Um, I don't know how many more I'll put out. I might do one more for the merge. We'll see. Really just sort of take it week by week. Um, so I have an outline for videos that I want to cover uh, week in and week out. But uh, a lot of times things just change on a dime uh, based on based on the like the second swap with Denise doing her double idol play. I did not intend to make a battle map video for that. But then I said, screw it. I love the I love the episode. I love the <laughs> idea. I love the strategy. So I said, I got to I got to you know lay this out, talk about what was going on. It's very rare. You get two idols played in one episode and there it was. So. Um, yeah, and I, I do want to talk about like, uh, it's really cool, by the way, uh, Once Upon Island, Wesley, to hear that you were inspired by my channel. I, I, I know I recently joined your Patreon and you have like way more. I'm, I'm surprised. surprised. You're crazy because I have like, I make videos the week of and you have like four videos on your Patreon. So not to like say go <laughs> everyone out there should, but you really should if you like what he's doing, because, you know, you have you've got so many other videos talking about like Xi'an and. Uh, I was just you're looking at all the other ones you had on your on your Patreon right now. Um, and it's funny that you bring up the Dr. Will one from Big Brother, because that was the very first one I did. And I love those. And this coming Big Brother season, assuming we get it, hopefully mm. Corona doesn't doesn't remove it from us too soon. Um, you know, based on what Big Brother Canada happened, I'm hoping that doesn't happen with Big Brother 22, because I would love to get back into talking about Big Brother as well. But 
Uh, I have a slew of those story videos coming out. I have ones for Allison, for June, for Drew and Diane, for uh, Maggie and Janelle, for Jill Town, for Dick and Danielle. And uh, I got a ton of them in the works for Big Brother. I don't know why I focus on Big Brother for the story videos, uh, less about Survivor. But the fact that you're covering uh, that hole that I don't really do on my channel, which is Survivor story videos, is really cool. Um, and even better than that, and the last thing I want to say is that for the Dr. Will video, I made that video and then I received a DM from Dr. Will right after. Wow. He chewed me out. Whoa. <laughs> and it was amazing. I was on, <laughs> this, on the surface. I wasn't obviously happy with everything he was saying. Um, but, you know, he, he, he was not. He didn't love the video for some reason. I was really trying to make it about the strategic game that he brought to the first season of the strategic version of Big Brother. <laughs> he wanted me to talk more about the character moments, the things that he, you know, that were happening. Like, wow. like uh, there was the pig that was brought. So it was just really funny that you mentioned that video because I was just thinking, yeah, that was the only one where he messaged me and we had a back and forth. And he was uh, he gave me a lot of constructive criticism. <laughs> Who would have thought he wanted, he wanted Ophelia content out of you on your channel? He wanted Ophelia on the video, and he's like, you didn't talk about Ophelia. I was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Ophelia wasn't too relevant to the strategy of the season. <laughs> so I have, I have like the opposite uh, interaction, because after I posted the Ethan video, Ethan reached out to me, and now we like talk on a daily basis. I have his phone number. Oh, that's awesome. we're, like, we're like friends now. <laughs> It's like the very opposite. Yeah, very opposite to Dr. Honestly, you know what? I was looking, I'm like, you know, I've been watching so much Big Brother, getting the chance to have an <laughs> iconic moment from one of these shows that I love reaching out to me. It felt very much like I was dealing with Dr. Will if I was on a season of Big Brother. Yeah. I'm like, he didn't break character for a moment. It was exactly what I was hoping for. So I'll take it with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, we hope to treat you better, more Ethan and less Dr. Will over the course no, of this podcast. Let, let, let's, get in, let's get into this season, gentlemen, because I put this out on on my Twitter, a bit of a poll, uh, but I would love to sort of poll the room. So we officially are done with the pre-merge of Survivor Winners at War. I think some big Yule fans, including Present Company, would have wished that it came an episode earlier. But here we are, seven episodes in. Top 10 pre-merge, bottom 10 pre-merge, somewhere in the middle as compared to other seasons. What do you guys think? So I don't want to... Oh, yeah. OK, I'll jump on this. Um, I don't want to sound like a broken record because I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, give us more content. Um, but at the same time, I kind of understand like the, the scheduling for t television and why they don't. Um, so anyways, my point, the one I'm, what I'm really saying is I feel like the content we have is really good. But I really do feel like we're being shorted in a lot of ways in terms of there's especially with the secret scenes, like there's yeah. so much more going on out there, um, especially. And I love the edge. I really do. Um, I know hot take. Um, I love the edge this season. Um, but I just feel like because of the edge, we're getting so much, especially with three tribes, you're getting so much less content. It's like, I love it. But at the same time, like I have like a love hate con <laughs> because I want more. Um, I want more and I still want them to retain the edge. I just want more. And I, I know it's like a broken record and everybody's asking for 90 minute episodes. And so I, I don't know, top 10, probably if I were to really break it down, but I can't say like the best pre-merge ever. Cause I feel like I'm getting shorted in a lot of ways. Yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of recency bias, of course. I think there's just something to having 20 champions back that mm -hmm. makes it difficult. for. I'm, I, I try to view it objectively as best I can, but obviously it's impossible. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? The viewing experience as a super fan of Survivor, just sort of embrace it. Just, and, I mean, even if I'm losing my favorites left and right, which 
like I am losing my yeah. business left and right. Um, I think a lot of us are, you know, I'm still like, you know, objectively, I try to like, I think that there's a lot of good stuff going on. Try not to be too biased. I was think before I started my channel, which was, I started it during the middle of Heroes, Healers and Hustlers. And that was a quite a, quite a game changing season as far as the future of Survivor went. And I just remember watching Game Changers before that as just like a non, just as like a regular guy watching it without thinking about making videos and exploring and writing two to 3,000 word essays about the latest episode or whatever. This was just me watching it as a fan. And I remember being highly disappointed. And I honestly didn't really enjoy a lot of game changers because a lot of my favorites were going. And I was like, okay, so I'm seeing that now online, a lot of people are sort of bringing up, is this like another game changers pre-merge? A lot of the big best players are going out back to back to back. And I'm like, you know what? I don't, I don't, I like, I actually turned around later on and rewatched Game Changers and I really loved the pre-merge. I actually said it was mm-hmm. one of the best pre-merges of, of all of Survivor, even if the post-merge leaves a lot to be desired. Um, I'm hoping we don't get that here because I really do like the winners at War pre-merge. Um, I'm not a huge fan either. Spoiler, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Edge of Extinction. Uh, I do like it more than I think than what we got with two seasons ago. Um, I would love to have longer episodes. I think that this season could absolutely work with it. I think you see the secret scenes on uh, on CBS All Access, and I've watched all of them. I loved all of them, even the little ones where they just continuously read the the tree mail over and over again. I'm like, you know what, whatever. Like, I love it. I get to see like there's Ben reading tree mail. There's Sophie reading whatever. I don't mind. Like, it's like classic so, Survivor. Yeah, I, I honestly like the pre merge. I think you know maybe top ten, maybe maybe up there. Um, yeah, I could see it being top 10 for sure. Yeah, let me take that point about the comparisons to Game Changers, because, yeah, I understand. Specifically, this has been an old school wipeout where for one reason or another, essentially anyone who played pre-heroes versus villains and like maybe a smidge afterwards promptly were voted out. And I think to that extent, people are saying like, wow, all these big names finally went who are we left with? But I feel like the fundamental difference between this and a season like Game Changers is who we're left with. I really feel like this has to be either this or heroes versus villains has to be the strongest cast of all time in survivor, because I do feel sincerely that each and every person has brought it in some capacity, whether it's from an entertainment Mm -hmm. perspective or a strategy perspective or an emotional perspective. Like I, I have felt the presence of each one of those 20 people there. And so even though, yes, we've lost all these big people, we still have left, you know, I would not have believed you if you told me preseason that our big two characters pre-merge would have been Adam Klein and Michelle Fitzgerald, but they have <laughs> huge roles on this season. You have people like Jeremy and, and Denise, you have Kim, you have Tony, like there is so much going on that I feel like it's not like, you know, the post-merge of Game Changers where it's, okay, it's Sarah Dawn Thomas and Angry Debbie and Troyzan, yeah. uh, that definitely felt more like the oh, like an initial OG All Stars of okay, yeah, we're obviously mm-hmm. taking out the big names, and then to the to the rest, the victory goes. Here it feels like yeah. because of that like universal even equality of them all being winners, it does feel like it's more even handed in the way we're approaching this merch. I also think the presentation. I don't know what I don't know. I can't really talk too much about this, but I just feel like at least. From an editing perspective, I've really enjoyed the editing that's been going on in, in Winners yeah, at War. Totally I feel like agree. it's been quite even quite even killed. I mean, I would say it was somewhat even killed as well in Game Changers in the pre-merge at the very least. So I'm holding my breath. We'll see what happens with the post-merge. Who knows? I'm hoping it stays more of the same. Um, I felt it's it's really given everyone a fair shake. You know, maybe the earlier boots don't have as much airtime. Um, maybe like Danny or Amber. But 
Uh, otherwise, I think it's been doing a great job. We've got some compelling storylines. I think everyone has been given, you know, a time to shine or a moment to shine. Some people are really funny, giving giving us new angles of their character. And these are all winners. Like they've all proven that they know how to give us a show. They can win the game. They can play the game obviously very well. They can all do it enough to succeed at least once. So I, I don't know. I think that I would agree with that sentiment. I think this is probably the strongest cast they've had in the history of Star which is crazy to say. It's like, how would they ever match? uh heroes versus villains heroes versus villains had a lot of like the reputation guilt building on like mm. having the big like rupert or jerry or whoever uh, especially going deep with colby this is more like we just have people that are proven tried and true game players and i think as far as like you talk about the evolution of the show um having that be season 40 as opposed to heroes versus villains which is more of a thematic season right. here it's now more based on gameplay you have these players mm-hmm. who are and we've got all the 30s winners are still in at this point, which is impressive and different. Uh, and they're like the latest and they're all heavily involved in the gameplay much more than the old old school days, which were a little bit more thematic and slower paced. Look at Ethan and whatnot. So I, I, I think that this season is so far, hopefully it continues, but it's been firing on all cylinders. Well, let's get into the boot from this most recent episode. And, you know, right down to the challenge, this really did feel like a bit of like a Jabeni situation from Survivor Dave versus Goliath of like, here's this four that feels pretty tight with each other. And then they have to go to tribal council and vote somebody off. Now, maybe Nick hopes he can, you know, move forward with this group and the final three can be him, Nick and Michelle, and he can repeat history. But we lose Yule here, who I do feel like, was probably one of the bigger question marks going into this season. I know that uh, I was on a panel before the season on RHAP with Rob and Liana and Tara, and where we talked about this, that Yule has been doing so much stuff in the interim between Survivor seasons, but playing Survivor was not one of them. And so you always wonder, someone who was as analytical as Yule, how is he going to adjust to the pace of the modern game, but also these random new advantages that are thrown his way um, we'll get into what liana and i thought beforehand but wesley what did you think about a yule coming back and b how he would do preseason did it match up to how we ended up seeing yule on season 40 i uh yeah no i really liked yule this season um one of the pre- people i wish we had i wish we had heard more from um it was funny my dad texted me last week after last week's episode saying oh i'd would put money down that Yule's going to win the season, which to be fair, I guess he still could. Um, but I was like, I don't see it. Of course, my dad doesn't watch for the edit. And I'm, that's all, like all I can focus on. Um, but no, I really liked Yule. I thought Yule was, um, he was awesome and he is very analytical. And I feel like if, if there was just two tribes and it was like bigger tribes, he would have been able to blend in more. But when you're in these small tribes, it's like, well, there's the smartest guy in the room. Let's get him. Um, it's a lot harder to hide. Um, and I'm glad he came back though. I, I really am. Um, it's unfortunate we didn't have, we don't, we don't have like a season in between. Cause I feel like if he was on our season, um, maybe he could, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just listened to, um, the recap episode last night where Chrissy Toffback talked about why she thought, um, why Yule went and it completely threw off everything I thought before. <laughs> now I can't get it out of my head. Um, I don't want to, uh, I don't feel, well, Chrissy was like, well, I'm pretty sure Yule's voted out because, uh, all the old schoolers on edge of extinction and he's an old schooler. So they're all going to vote for him if he makes it to the end. And I'm like, crap, she's probably right, which mm. negates everything I was thinking. Um, so <laughs> just I ignore myself. <laughs> no, it's it's a good point. And I wonder if another contributor to it is, you know, when Nick and Michelle were sort of talking through their options as the kingmakers in this episode, you know, they said that I think Nick said in particular that like Yule, they'd have to sort of fall under his command and they wouldn't feel as flexible so i wonder though 
Wendell is drawing a lot of fire from both on and off screen for the way he's been behaving. I do wonder if they want to serve as more of like a fulcrum swing vote between all of these coalitions at the merge and having someone like Ghoul keep them in line prevents them from doing the gameplay that they want. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just thinking, yeah, about about whether this was this old school slaughter and if if that you know lends itself to like uh, i've seen a lot of people speculate on whether whether uh we actually have a, a rivalry going between michelle and wendell or is this more of a just played up for the cameras for the storyline because um i'd heard i think nick marano and in, in general i kind of agreed where she was on co-wrong and she probably wasn't the most compelling winner ever. And now here she's back and she's giving us, I would say, some of the best content of the season. Mm-hmm. Personally, I, I look forward to every time she's on the screen. Um, and so I'm wondering now, like if, if Yule was just sort of both the old school uh, and also maybe the reasons that were brought up in the episode where he is too much of a threat. And but it's like, you know, he's a huge shield. And if Wendell is kind of being this guy who's like, I would say you weigh Wendell versus Yule, I'd probably take Yule to the merge. Uh, I don't think there's anything to differentiating between the fact Yule has a huge reputation, big target. I would think you would want him in front of you. He's such a diplomatic, like well-reasoned understanding individual. I don't know. I, maybe I'm getting misted by him, but I would probably prefer to have him over Wendell, who I just feel like is way more shifty. Um, I, yeah. So I'm just trying to process, you know, Yule just disappearing before our very eyes. He didn't even, he didn't even get a moment to tell us anything about his thoughts uh, mm. after the swap between the swap and this episode. Um, he was completely off the screen. I, mm. It's like, where's Yule? Why isn't Yule working? With, why didn't we? I would love to have seen a, a Harvey Yule connection. We didn't even see any of that. Yeah, the only um, thing we saw was that was very uh, briefly. Yeah, apparently his wife loved Parvati. And that's that's yeah. all they know. But his <laughs> wife is also named Sophie. So maybe he was trying to do a bit of like a usual suspects Kaiser Soze looking around the room to make up facts uh-huh. about himself. You know what, though, when I see things like that, like you only hear like one thing about them as a person and we've gone seven episodes in. All I hear is all I see is like, no, they're not winning. And it's so unfortunate, too, because it's like, you know, everyone on Reddit's rooting for Yule. And I'm <laughs> just like, man, everyone's gonna be disappointed eventually. I don't know when, but eventually uh, it's just yeah. so unfortunate. <laughs> I, I, I mentioned this uh, on, a, on a tweet that Victoria put out there from 38 Edge of Extinction, where she was adamantly against the Edge of Extinction. Go figure. And I said, you know, I was thinking about this and I said, like, one of the one of the bigger tragedies of this season and I say tragedy is a joke way, uh, usually tongue in cheek. But I'm like, is that with so many of our favorite players, especially with this pre-merge, all going to the edge of extinction? I think just instinctively people are just going to start falling in love with the edge of extinction by default because all of the best players that we want to see are all there. And it's going to slowly become bigger and more encompassing, assuming not everyone pulls a Sandra. Um, it's going to become just its own season of everyone that everyone wants to watch. And then all of a sudden people are going to be clamoring. We want edge of extinction. We mm-hmm. like, I know that that's been a resounding sentiment with more casual watchers, people that aren't as hardcore or studying the game as much. Like I would say I am. Uh, I, so I'm like, I don't love the edge of extinction from a gameplay perspective. So I'm wondering now seeing someone like you'll go there, if it's going to increase its popularity and it's going to keep going is uh is it you know more of our favorites keep going on there so yeah well sp- speaking of that not necessarily edge of extinction but like this idea of twists did you guys notice when yule was talking about the fire tokens the glee on jeff probe's face <laughs> like there there was one, there was one point i think when uh when yule was talking about like 
incentivizing people with fire tokens and i think jeff outright says this this game sounds fantastic like you well, are- loved it so much that they took his quotes and they put it in like the promos yeah, over and yeah over they again. Took literally his the add a new layer of duplicity to the game and put it in the teaser like i can't believe they actually took it's like when you take a like the titular line from the movie and make it the title of the film you know like i'm i'm so surprised they did that but you could understand why jeff probes is like okay finally Someone said something good about fire tokens. Make sure they air that and like underline it three times because that thing is not going away. Yeah, I'm like you'll you'll was like probes. I'm giving you my all here. Please save me, man. Help me exactly. out. Throw me a bone. <laughs> it's it reminds me of uh, on the edge of extinction season when um, War Dog was like uh, the theme's not on trial. You're on trial, and then Jeff's like yes. And then at the finale, live finale, he's like the theme's on trial. You're on trial. And Jeff's like probably you know said that to himself before he went to bed in the mirror and. <laughs> Um, it's just, I, you can just really tell when Jeff's like, yes, this is what I was saying in the production meetings before the season. Exactly. <laughs> Someone gets it. Well, let, let's get into some of our uh, preseason thoughts on Yule. I'll start with Liana, who sent me her her predictions in absentia. God, I don't. Fire yeah, I was going to say, I'm looking at the fire token math and I don't even know what it is right now. Uh, but Yule, <laughs> Yule's, uh, she thought that Yule was going to form the new coconut bandits with Tyson. Uh, she said that actually out of Australian survivors, she would get voted. He would get voted out at a fake tribal council and sent to the other tribe and is given 30 fire tokens as a consolation. Uh, <laughs> he tries to create an entire economic system based on fire tokens. Parentheses. Check out the 7.6% return on those fire token index funds. OK, here we go. Fire tokens. 792 invested in high interest savings, 890 invested in mutual funds, and 583 to buy an investment property in Fiji. 23 confessionals, closest allies are Denise and Tony. Enemy is Sandra. I'm not going to do the math, but it seems like it's probably close to like 2,000 fire tokens for Yule. That's what Leon is predicting in many different investments. Honestly, I could see that realistically happening if uh, he didn't get voted out here. So maybe it was a good idea for them to take him out. What do you think about this idea of like you got swap screwed, but we're going to give you like these tokens as consolation for, you know, putting you in a bad situation? I mean, what's the exchange rate for them at the airport? Like you ride back in America, you're like I got 2000 fire tokens. Yeah, you're in the duty free what shop. What are you getting? Well, that gets you a lot of flights in this day and age. So I don't know. It's <laughs> very Go back to Fiji a lot. I also love this. Oh, Maybe it's like, is it hush money? I was like, listen, like, don't decry our our twist. We'll give you as many fire tokens as you need. If you just you can have so much peanut it. butter, so much peanut butter. I wonder exactly. what they're gonna do with Yule going back now. He's on there, but he just missed. Like, they just started giving him out. Like it was Halloween last last episode with Rob just running around. Like, oh, there's a fire token. There's a fire. I'm like, poor Yule. Yeah. You know, like so much for getting swap screwed or whatever. Um, he's he's got no fire tokens, and he just missed the big haul. So. Maybe maybe next episode when one person comes back from the edge, Jeff will be like, "Here, guys, to make you feel better, like here's five fire tokens each or something." Because yeah, <laughs> I agree. Like we had the log task, we had this task, which was you know not everyone gets a fire token, but like you have the opportunity to find up to four. I could imagine now it's going to be more like wholesale fire token findings because since there's probably more people on the island, that's. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to increase or decrease the amount of just finding something in the sand and, you know, gifting a power to somebody in the game. I think Survivor is just trying to give us stimulus fire tokens at this point. They they knew what was going to happen. They're like, here's some stimulus fire tokens. Let's get the economy going. Yeah, I think it's also because of the upcoming challenge. They probably wouldn't mind if a few people who like worked extra hard in the in the episode, like could stand a better chance to give back or maybe they just 
pointed Boston Rob in the direction of the nearest one and said, "Wow, Rob, we want you back in the game." But either way, yeah, yeah, I'm. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, so I thought that Yule was going to be the most loyal member of his alliance. I said he would find an advantage, but surprisingly misplay it. I guess that was sort of like Sandra style in this season. I said he get yeah. voted out in an easy consensus vote. Okay, that happened. I did not think it would mm-hmm. be in a four-person tribe. Uh, and I said he'd be the most <laughs> conservative with his fire token slash advantages. Closest ally is Nick. Worst enemy is Jeremy. 25 confessionals and six fire tokens. Uh, I could see Yule sort of being like a fire token hoarder once he eventually finds it, feeling like he's going to get a better return on investment if the you know the, the second challenge comes around at the final six. He could buy a super idol like he did in Cook Islands. I mean, he didn't buy it there, but you know, he's... Oh god, if that becomes an item menu thing in the post-merge, <laughs> Ten tokens super yeah, idol. they got rid of the idol nullifier, so like, okay, what else can we throw in there to really just futz with the idea of an idol? Let's put a super <laughs> idol in there. Oh boy, I wouldn't put it beyond them. Before we move on to more fun and games, we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we are back, so let's keep on keeping on. Well, let's get into some games here because I'm so delighted to say that we each have a game. And I, I love my guests even more for bringing in homework, uh, unprompted especially. So, Wesley, is the new guy, I'm going to start with you. Uh, what what have you sort of brought in for us to indulge in this week? For sure, for sure. So as I, I may have mentioned a few times now, I, it's so hard to watch Survivor now that I'm doing this channel without thinking about the edit and why are we being shown everything. Um, and, I, and the more I work through the seasons going from the beginning and then watching current seasons at the same time, I always, I, no matter what season it, it feels like, most of the seasons, there's always like, okay, this person's going to win. And if you pay attention, you'll notice it. Or as some people call it the winners at it. Uh, so I went back and rewatched the premiere this week. Mm. And I have three quotes um, from the premiere. And these are what I would consider... Not necessarily like straight up like, okay, this person's winning. But these are the three quotes that stood out. It's like, I think this person has a really good chance of going to the end and possibly winning. But none of them are like straight up, this is the winner quote. This is the winner. Um, I think at this point, we're probably too savvy. If we heard it, we would know it. Um, so I just want to, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's, it matters who answers what. Um, but if you guys want to take a guess, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you all 20 players are eligible. But surprisingly, it doesn't matter. Um, even if I said that, because all these quotes come from people who are still in the game and not on edge. Okay. Uh, so I'll narrow it down for you like that. Anyone who's still in the game, not on edge, said these quotes. Um, so the first quote I have is, uh, I think the winner of the season will be the person who's able to use the currency correctly. I am from the newer seasons where, where, where we are used to twist. We understand there are unpredictable facets of the game. 
So I think my chances to win this game got much higher. Uh, anyone have a guess? I believe that was Nick. Yes, it was. It was Nick Wilson. Um, and I know it seems like he has been completely buried this season. Um, but <laughs> Nick, Nick actually has 10 confessionals and one to last seven, um, which I guess tells you confessionals isn't. Yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, I guess better be silent than in some case being portrayed like Adam or Wendell this season. You know, I think they'd be sort yeah. of praying for a purple edit at this point. Yeah, I will take I will take the Adam and Wendell edit every day of the week. I'd much rather somebody bring a villain edit than an invisible purple edit. No, no, no nothing against Kelly Purple, but you know. <laughs> well, if if I so I'm looking at the numbers real quick. Nick, like while he was on to call, was buried, and I think for good reason. There's a lot of big characters there, but ever since he got to Soleil, he is his confessionals have double, tripled per episode. He was getting like one per episode, and now he's getting two or three. Um, so it'll be very interesting in the merge if that picks up. Yeah, because he's, I do, been, he's been he's been right in the fence. He's been right in the middle comfortably for the last few uh, episodes. So and that's <laughs> I think with all these targets, he kind of has to. Um, so that that quote really stood out to me. I think that's probably the most clear cut. What I would mm-hmm. consider a winner quote. Um, it doesn't mean that he's going to win, though, because he does say uh, that, you know, I think someone from a recent season is going to win the game, um, which does tie into my next two quotes. Uh, the second quote, and I think both of you guys probably know this one's most famous. I want everyone to get nice and comfortable with me because the guards are here right now and they're slowly coming down as they see me around the camp all day, all night. When it gets down to here, bang, that's where the sucker punch comes in. Mm, who might have said that? Uh, I, I, think yeah, that was, who, uh, I think that was Danny. Yeah, who, was who, might, have, who, might, have, who might have mimed themselves also <laughs> putting their fists up as they were, you know, talking about this analogy? <laughs> that, that was one of my favorite confessionals I've probably ever seen in all of Survivor, just going to say. Um, I immediately used that in, like, the first video. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it obviously was Tony Vlacos in the premiere. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that was great. I, He's so good. To me, that reads that Tony, it's, they're telling us that Tony's going to blindside everyone because everyone talks in the premiere, but not everyone talks about what they're going to do this season. A lot of people mm. talk about what they've been doing or how Survivor changed them, but not everyone, if you go back and watch, talks about what they're going to do this season and how this season's going to play out, which I thought was really interesting, especially now knowing how half the boot order is going to go. And I'm not spoiled. I'm just, this is literally just going based off the premiere. Um, but, I, you know, things stand out to me with like Tony, like, this episode, how can we see Tony running and everyone thinking that's funny, but we don't get the secret scene where Tyson's like braiding gr- the girl's hair. Right. Um, and it's it just it, it like even though we're in season 40, the editors still know what they're doing. Um, and there's reasons that they're showing us these things. Why is why? Why in th- two days time are we being shown Tony run down a beach when that seems so unimportant in comparison to so many things they could be showing? I don't know. Um, I guess just you got to see old man Tony. Oh, I love that scene so much. Specifically, not even scene. not even Tony. I think my favorite was Kim because Kim was trying to be like the really placating mom and being like, "No, it was you're so good. We could barely see you. You were the Flash. <laughs> you were so fast." <laughs> you see Tony like I'm so stumbling his I'm way. so happy with uh, I'm so happy with where Kim has found herself in this in this season. You know, playing from the bottom for the first half. Oh my god, guys, she has options. Finally, her favorite I word has it. been accessed. <laughs> I mean, you know, every time she says it, I get a little big, a bigger smile on my face. I'm happy with her. She's I was listening to the BNB last week and you guys are just like she's like the straight woman in the room just sort of sitting there like, oh, my God, who did I find myself in bed with right now? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm Tony and Sandra and and uh, and Jeremy. And Denise. it's just I'm loving it. I love I love her reaction. She's just like sitting there looking around like I thought I was this was Survivor. She's like, I don't know what I got myself into. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> Nothing like one. World. But you know what? Hey, I'll take I'll take winners at war over one world every day of the week. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, every day. <laughs> and then my last the last quote I have in this one, I may you may I mean, Mike may know because he talks about this every week. Um, but it's it, the quote is the number one thing I have in my mind is not who I want to work with. It's who I want out. Ooh. Who said that? I know. All right. Go ahead. Pretty. Hey, you know, go was for it. Is it. Yeah. it Sophie? Yeah, it was Sophie. Ah. And that reads to me that she's going to be re- she's going to be really cutthroat. And I think so far um, she had I mean, um, not without looking at her voting history, uh, everything so far has been I mean, Sophie's like taking center stage where I feel like in her season coach was center stage. Mm-hmm. And Sophie was just kind of on the sidelines, which I know is not what people want to hear. But coach was he was he was the star of that season. And Sophie was on the sidelines to the point where you're like, coach has to win this. I mean, I know he's like coach, but like, come on. Then he gets the end. You're like, Sophie wins like just for the casual person. Like what? Um, I feel like this season, Sophie kind of similar to Michelle's just out there like I'm going to cut throats. I'm more confident now. I'm going to you know, I'm going to I'm going to win this game and nobody's going to suspect me because of my first season which so far has been really working in her favor. Yeah, there was a really interesting secret scene this week where first off, Ben finds uh, a snake at the water well, and Ben oh, has the yeah. weirdest just reaction. I wish I could play the sound, but first he's like singing a song to himself about like, go into the water well, do, do, do. <laughs> and then he sees the snake and then he picks up the snake Rupert style and he's like, oh, neat. And you, sometimes I think we forget just how big of a dork Ben Drebergen is. He is. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and that's what I've actually really appreciated about this season is I think between like Rob misting him and, you know, the dad gummit Adam of it all, or even like him singing the peanut butter jelly song. Like he is this goofy dad figure. Uh, but in that scene, you know, he goes back to camp and he, he tells Sophie and Adam about the snake and they go to find it. And Sophie has this confessional where she says, you know, I played last game out of fear and I felt to a certain extent that sur- I let survive ever pass me by this time i make sure to break out of my comfort zone and and make bigger plays and to that point you know it sucks that the scene wasn't shown on the on screen for various reasons but i do think that's a great microcosm to your point as to what we're going to be seeing from sophie especially if she's missing that nerd shield in yule once the merge hits i think she's going to be looking for another partner very very soon yeah, that's the number one thing I think I'm looking out for, for her at least, is how is she going to react now that Yule's gone? That was such a pivotal moment, I think, for her game yeah. at the very beginning. She's in the premiere. Yule Kwan, and she's got this nerd shield, which is a very interesting term that I've not heard before. Uh, usually you hear meat shields, especially with Jeremy. But she's got this nerd shield or like a brain shield or something where he's not just physically strong, but he's mentally he's a threat. and. I'm like okay, uh, let's see. Now she now he's gone. It wasn't she had nothing to do with it. I'm like I, I wonder where Sophie goes or how does she navigate. I'm curious to know what her reaction is going to be more yeah. than anything. I don't know. Well, we didn't see the reaction to Parvati and Sanders. Who knows? Maybe we won't see the reaction to so with Sophie that and Yule. So weird. Well, so weird. I think what the survivor Nancy Drews on the internet have decoded is if you look at the press photos. There was a reward challenge that wasn't shown. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it involved the whole thing where you you bop the sandbags out of the net overhead using sticks, then you use them to launch them at targets. So I can imagine that they found out out that reward. And it's just too much of like a misplaced location to seamlessly edit it into the immunity challenge. So yeah, oh, unfortunately, okay. due to the cut challenge, uh, we did not see them react to. I mean, I guess it's, it's Barbie- such a Go ahead. I was going to say, it's such a wild evolution that just, you know, 10 years ago, we're sitting here debating Sandra versus Parvati. And now here we are 10 years later. And it's like, we can't even include a scene with them getting voted out after. Uh, what, a, what a crazy world. 
Yeah, but that makes sense if they had an unaired reward challenge. The reactions yeah. were probably at a totally different location, and there's just no way of hiding that. Yeah, I'm just surprised. They, I'm surprised they had a reward challenge. Like, I think I talked about this uh, in the first couple of episodes that I thought because you're offering rewards on the fire token menu that mm-hmm. like you just do away with reward challenges. But apparently they they had one in episode seven for whatever reason. Hmm. I feel you like know, the f- why not? Fire- so go ahead, Perdium. I was going to say, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, they they have to i guess they're just looking to potentially if it's a if it's worthwhile i don't know or maybe they wanted to honestly yeah go ahead wesley i didn't know what i was gonna say there <laughs> well i was gonna say i so watching the premiere um i didn't realize i mean I, I remember seeing the of course i think we're all very familiar now with after tyson the the menu for the edge of extinction was like one token gets you a pizza or one mm-hmm. token gets you this massive jar of peanut butter um but the people in the actual not on edge of extinction um, don't have those options. There's not right. one token for a pizza. It's like the minimum, like the least amount of tokens you can spend is like three, um, which really limits your options. And I don't remember much food being on there, if any. No, it was, there was a bag of rice and I think there might have yeah. been like a small bag of beans or something, yes. but it was more so this idea, at least what I think what they were uh, trying to imply was like, hey, pool your fire tokens to get things for the mm-hmm. tribe. And, you know, it, it's an, another reason why, you know, I'm unhappy that we're, we weren't able to do exit press this season directly with the contestants is because I would just love to know from them, like, did they give any thought ever to possibly saying like, hey, let's put our tokens together and get a tarp? Or was it more so, hey, let's wait for a challenge where they'll give away a tarp for winning? Um, in the uh, second episode, I remember Rob joking Parvati like, "Yeah, maybe I'll get my tokens to buy a tarp," and he laughs like it's some big joke. So, <laughs> yeah. at least for Rob, it wasn't even considered. Yeah, it's-, yeah, it's one of those things. Didn't they have like a few seasons ago, like a board with like you could delineate like tasks around camp? Do you guys remember this? Oh, so, yeah. I think it was Ghost Island or something. Yeah, they had like a big like laundry list board where you could it would have like a checklist of like tasks to do around camp and they could like put people's names by it for some reason. And I was like, what is going on? Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the survivor chore wheel. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause I think that makes sense. It was ghost Island, right? Cause they've, for some reason they used that opportunity to focus a lot more on the providers. That was when they gave them less food because they thought, okay, that's really going to make people depend on the fishermen, but look at winners at war. Mm-hmm. Like they haven't scaled back the rations and you have everyone catching breadfruit and sea creatures every other week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if only Rupert was there, he could catch them all the fish and win the game. I don't know. Rupert's getting like a run for his money now, you know, between uh, Tyson being able to catch sea creatures, Ben's making friends with snakes, like all of Rupert's greatest features are being filled out. People just need to steal shoes. And that's like, then he's officially outdone. <laughs> Do you see all the comments on like Twitter and Instagram, and Facebook, like where's Rupert Nazi? And these were unironic comments. And I'm like, do you understand the premise of the season? Right. And they're like, well, yeah, but I like Ozzy. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Survivor. I like Ozzy is going to be coming season like 45. So they can just hold out for a little while longer. Survivor. I like Ozzy. Uh, Survivor Redemption Island 2.0. Then I see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, Pritium, I know that you have a quote game as well. So let's like keep on keeping on with the sound oh, yeah. bites. What have you got prepared? Okay, so I went ahead and put together this little quote game. Uh, I know how much we love quotes. I love quotes. And it's called hashtag just day 39 things. 
And mm. this is a game that is going to, of course, we're, we're watching an all winter season. And I thought, you know, with the old school slaughter, it'd be nice to incorporate older school winners. Um, and I decided at some point, this was an evolution of a game here. I decided at first I was just going to do the cast of winners at war quotes. But then I thought, you know, let's, let's have more fun. Let's include all winners. So oh. I went ahead and I took one quote from every single winner, all Ooh. 38, over, over 39 seasons. And this is a quote that they gave on day 39. Um, and I'm going to try and I'm going to give you guys the quote and we're going to go back and forth trying to figure out who said the quote. Now we're not going to do all 39 of them. That might take forever. <laughs> and honestly, I don't, I don't expect you guys to get a lot of them because some of them are pretty difficult, but to make it more of a game to gamify it. The idea here is you, you get points for getting the quote correctly, being able to tell which winner on their winning season gave this quote and I categorize all 39 quotes into groups of three. So there's 13, 13, and 13. There's easy quotes, medium quotes, and hard quotes. Ooh. So when it's your turn, you can decide if you want to go for an easy quote for one point, a medium quote for two points, or a hard quote for three points. If you get it right, of course, you get the points. If you get it wrong, your opponent will get the chance to steal, and they get the points instead. I don't really know when we'll end the game. I was <laughs> trying to figure out how to balance this because it could take forever. And honestly, I was like, do I do it? The time is it like by a certain amount? So I was like, all right, maybe after twenty points. But I thought, what if these quotes are so hard that you don't get any, and we just sit here going through all thirty nine <laughs> of them? I was just like, I'm just sitting here reading quotes from Thirty Nine Seasons of Survivor. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we'll go for like first to fifteen. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Well, like like, like the edge of extinction. This will have like an undetermined ending point that'll sort of keep us in yeah. the entire time. Maybe maybe just we'll do like a mercy. Whatever one of you just starts falling <laughs> way behind, we'll just sort of cut it short. Yes, let's know. let's make this like a little league game, please. but so okay so i've got 13 easy 13 medium 13 hard from all this is one quote from each winner on their winning season so like you're not going to have poverty talking on heroes versus villains this is micronesia also in the event that the quote has any proper nouns like if they bring their own name into it or a winner a player on their own season or they mention their season name or something that would just make it an absolute dead giveaway i instead i'm just going to say blank so you uh so some of these quotes are going to have a lot of the word blanks in it (laughs) Um, but nonetheless, we'll just, uh, we'll go through it. So whenever you do Brian Heidex, can you just, can you flip me off through Skype? You know, I thought about the, the fact that you are, you are covering a lot of the older seasons. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to make sure that not all of the hard quotes <laughs> worth the most points are all old school winners. Um, but we'll see how that goes. Oh, I Maybe. got those first five winners memorized. So that's true. Right, right, right. Well, you right. got five okay. down, 34 to go. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, um, yeah, I don't know who wants to go first. You can... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to the guest here. Uh, Wesley, oh, you, you first pick your easy, medium, right. or hard. Uh, let's, one point, two point, or three point. Let's build up my confidence so you can crush it later, and let's start with an easy one. An easy quote. Okay, so I'll give you one of the easy quotes. Let's start with this quote. Blank and blank, they're trying to outlast, but they don't really know what outlast really means. It took will and grit and reflection. And when I got back in the game in three days, my game was better than two other players mm-hmm. who had 39 days to do the same thing. Chris Underwood. Yep, there you go. I, I you was confused what? for a second when you said will, and I was like, <laughs> Mike Holloway, no, damn it. <laughs> no, no, that, that the three days, he's right, that three days just gives it away. Like, I paid, yeah. Yeah, Chris Underwood. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted to, you know, that's part of the uh, part of the difficulty curve of the game is, of course, some of these are going to give context that makes it dead obvious. But there you go. Uh, that was Chris Underwood from season thirty-eight, Edge of Extinction. All right, 
I'm, All right, Mike. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try a barometer for these medium questions to see exactly how medium they are. So <laughs> give me a two pointer. Okay, here we go for two points. The way the day is ending with this rain and being miserable is, of course, bringing on the miserable feelings of going to tribal council. I think the vibe of the jury tonight is going to be pretty cold. You know, they came out here with their second chance, and the fact that they didn't get to finish it and we did, I don't think they're going to make this easy for us at all. I think the jury would love to see Blank and I squirm. I mean, ooh, okay. I am going to say, I mean, I think between the miserable rain second chance and the fact that only two names were mentioned i'm gonna go with amber that is correct um, yeah there you go that was amber on season eight all stars talking about her and rob about to face the the firing squad of the probably was bitter jury and yeah, i mean she was correct and the weather was also pretty crummy as well that was definitely one of the, the seasons that was like the weather is perfectly attuned to the mood of the people around them yep and that was the true first second chance season. Now that you say that, I, yeah, I, realize. I, mean, was, I was wondering, yeah. I was like, did he say second chance in there to like throw me off? And I guess in a yeah, manner of speaking, you I did. Thought but... I, thought, I thought when she says second chance, I'm like, this, uh, this could possibly mislead you. Yes. But, yeah, if you pay attention. There was only two names. So I was really glad to see, I was looking <laughs> at the quote. I'm like, dicing. I'm like, I think this should be a, a level two difficulty for these reasons and perfectly outlined what I was thinking. So. Oh, man. I guess, right. Mike, you've set me up. I have to ask what a hard question oh, is. No. So find out. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am going to go with... The, oh, man. These are tough. Okay. Lay it on. As a, here we go. As a super fan, this has been a dream of mine for a decade, pretty much. I was kind of like a silent assassin, quietly controlling this game. I found ways to connect with all these people. All the while, they were sent to the jury based on my decisions, and I made it to the end. I can win this game if I bring my A game. <sighs> Who said that? So I want to say John Cochran simply because you said super fan, but it's a hard question. But I'm not going to second guess myself. I'm going to say Cochran. I'm probably wrong. Okay. <laughs> Kill me. I wish I could have like the quote or I just play it, you know, yeah. with the audio. Oh. Um, I was like, how do I do that? But whatever, it's too technical. Uh, it was <laughs> not. It was not John Cochran. And I, I have a chance to steal now. You do. You have a chance. Go to for steal. it. Is Three it to- points. Is it Tommy? It was not Tommy either. Nobody gets the points. And the question's going to, the quote is going to go off the game. Um, it was, do you have any third guesses? Probably not. Other oh, super fans that played because he says, uh, he or she said they're a super fan. They're really, it was a guy. It was a guy and it was from a season in the 30s. It was Adam Klein. Nope. It was Wendell. Really? Oh. Wendell. I didn't know it either. I was like, oh, wow. That is so yeah. Okay. Well, I feel like we have a proper barometer for easy, medium, and hard. This makes sense. This is why I was like, oh, where do I end this game? No, I think that's a, I think that's a good, um, I think you've nailed it. What's easy, medium, and hard. Yeah, for sure. Great. Where the hard is like, you're completely sure as to what it is, and it turns out not to be it. Uh, let's, let's go with, let's go with another medium here. Another medium. Okay. So this is a quote. For a long time in this game, I felt completely alone with only myself to trust. I feel like I dug down into parts of me that I didn't know were there. And now I know that there's no wall that I can come up against that I can't either dig under it, climb over it, or heck, if I gotta, burst through it. There's a lot of people out there that don't like me because I have won so much, so I better be ready for a battle because I want the title of Soul Survivor and a million dollars. Ooh. People (laughs) who don't like me because I won so much. 
I mean, that has so many different meanings. I guess my my knee jerk reaction is gonna be Mike Holloway. Yeah, that your final answer. That's my final answer. Mike, that is correct. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that was I'll, I'll admit that the first part did not sound like Mike Holloway until you got into the I I, I won so much because I don't know I feel like yeah. Mike Holloway maybe because he was edited in such a hero like capacity that I can't imagine him thinking like I know people don't like me because uh you know uh, of the journey that I had do the happy dance <laughs> exactly if he said that <laughs> easy easy yeah all right Wesley your turn all right. Um, Mike is up four to one. Yeah, give me a medium. I got to try to catch up here. Okay, medium quote. Medium quote time. What it boils down to is, did I come here for 42 days to starve, to live in the type of environment that I've lived in, to make those types of sacrifices to give somebody like blank a million dollars? Or did I come here to play this game and me deserve the million dollars? Mm, can you repeat the like the first six words of that? What it boils down to is, did I come here for 42 days to starve, wow. to live in the All type right. of a... <laughs> Tina Wesson. That is correct. That was I, Tina Wesson. Sure I, I heard that right. <laughs> that was Tina Wesson, Survivor Australian Outback. Again, of course, the major key indicator being the fact that she was the only winner to play for 42 days. Mm. And she, uh, she has a funny way she ends the, the quote. This is her last thing she says, but I think before she goes to uh, Final Tribal, she's like, did I come here to play this game? And me deserve the million dollars. I thought that was a funny way. She just says me instead of like, I don't know, just grammatically. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's, it's sort of, it's I was not, like, is that correct? It's not Monica Culpepper going to third person, but it's still like a weird version of first person. Yeah. Oh and, and the funny thing is she says to give somebody like blank million dollars, but that blank was Elizabeth Hasselbeck. It was Elizabeth. Oh, where, I thought uh, it wasn't Colby. Really? I was like, yeah, I thought it would have been Colby, but it was like, no, she said, on day 39. She said, yeah, I know. So I was like, was this like partially a quote from like previously? I don't know. But um, either way, that's what she says. So no, he's right because I think Hasselback goes out at thirty nine, and then you have Keith Famey goes out at forty forty one, one or the other. Yeah, um, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I guess this is a quote from day thirty nine, but in this case, the day thirty nine was not the end of the season. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Mike, your All turn. Right. Up, uh, well, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. Let me let's let's try another hard one and let's see if we can fare better this time than with Wendell. Okay. Oh. <sighs> All right, here's the quote. No matter what situation in life you're in, you may be down, but you're not out. That's a huge lesson I've learned here. For the jury tonight, I plan on just being myself, trying to be a nice person, the all-American girl next door. So it just kind of depends on the questions they ask and then how I need to react to it. The all-American girl next door. Ooh, okay. So, I mean, I have an initial thought. I'm just scanning through... The people in my mind. I mean, yep, it's a female winner. Yeah, can you can you read the quote one more time? No matter what situation in life you're in, you may be down, but you're not out. That's a huge lesson I've learned here. For the jury tonight, I plan on just being myself, trying to be a nice person, the all-American girl next door. So it just kind of depends on the questions they ask and then how I need to react to it. I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna go with Natalie White just as a knee-jerk reaction. That is not correct. It's not Natalie White. Can I steal? You can steal. So I, I'm uh, maybe it's because I haven't watched a season since it aired. Um, but I'm going to guess Danny Boatwright from Guatemala. That is correct. Wow, it was oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. well, I was thinking she's so she's a huge fan of Kansas City. Um, what other woman would refer to themselves as all American girl? 
Um, that was my that was my only guess. Uh, not because I've seen it any time recently. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I know I wouldn't be able to probably pin that either, to be honest. Um, but yeah, that was Danny Boatwright on uh, season eleven, Guatemala. Nice. All right. Well, now mm. you have you have taken the lead, sir, in one round. Oh, I know, I know. Uh, all right, now to crush my confidence, um, let's throw another medium one in there. Medium quote. All right, here it is. I don't think it's about the money tonight. I think it's about the title of Soul Survivor. That's all Blank wants, and if that's what Blank wants, that's what I got to make sure Blank does not get. Oh. There's not a day that didn't go by that I was trying to focus on what's the best way for me to get rid of Blank. I didn't hide behind no immunity necklace. I never had safety. I had to take care of myself. Hmm. Somebody who speaks about themselves in the third person. <laughs> um, I can reread it if you'd like. No, I'm just trying to think about who talked about themselves in the third person besides Russell Hans, uh, who obviously did not win and should not be eligible for this, no matter how many times he says he should. Um, oh, man. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to take a shot, and I really don't know who talks about themselves. Yeah, repeat the quote one more time. Maybe there's an art hint. I don't think it's about the money tonight. I think it's about the title of Soul Survivor. That's all Blank wants. And if that's what Blank wants, that's what I got to make sure Blank does not get. There's not a day that didn't go by that I was trying to focus on what's the best way for me to get rid of Blank. I didn't hide behind no immunity necklace. I never had safety. I did take care of myself. Oh, geez. I have no idea. I know it at least has to be season 12 onward. Um, no, that narrows that down. Uh, I tricky one. Yeah, talks about themselves in third person. This could have been a hard question, unless Mike comes in with an easy answer. Um, I'm just gonna throw a name out there and sound like an idiot. Uh, right. uh, Todd Herzog. Probably Todd Herzog. No, that is not Todd Herzog. No, it is not. Like, Mike, do you have any idea who this might be? So, Wesley, you were close by talking about Russell Hands because I believe that Sandra is talking about Russell Hands in this quote. Oh, yes, it is. It was Sandra's just fine, and it was Survivor Heroes versus Villains. One of the final things she said before she went to Tribal Council. There you go, Mike. You got in the lead now with six points. That was her. She's saying that's all Russell wants. And if that's what Russell wants, that's what I got to make sure Russell does not get. That's the one Um, quote that really stuck out in my head. Amidst all the other Russell stuff she was doing in day 39. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched China since it aired. So I was kind of like, okay, this has to be a season I haven't seen recently. But no, that's not the case. I should have known. All right. Well, let me let me stick with a happy medium here. This seems to be a pretty good place right now. <laughs> you guys are very comfortable in the middle here with the two. Okay, so you're gonna go for a medium quote. All right. Quote is being here and knowing that I'm final three, I'm like, okay, there is a freaking shot. I made little adjustments here and there and I fought my way to my spot here. And when I needed to win challenges, that's exactly what I did. I hope that people can see that I'm not some timid girl who's glided along, but rather somebody who has strategically made moves this whole game. I believe that is the one and only Meech Fitz, Michelle Fitzgerald. That is Michelle Fitzgerald. Yes, it was. Oh, I, I was going to guess the same thing. <laughs> there you go. And it segues perfectly into like every confessional from her this season, which is like, I don't want to prove, I need to prove that I'm here to play. <laughs> I know. It sort, of, it sort of is a great way to end her winning game and then leads right into Winners at War. Yeah. So. If Michelle nope. is not in the finale, I'd be shocked, honestly. I yeah. agree. I think I, she, I'd be here for it. I think she's getting a lot of content right now, and I think I honestly mm-hmm. would not be surprised if like 
this is the story of Michelle, whether she wins or loses. As Oz it is to say, yeah. for someone who a lot of people were like, she shouldn't have won in the first place. I think that it's just such a big story and it's been mentioned so much that I, I can I can see that, you know, thing happening. Especially if the finale is a uh, six, seven people at the end. She has a larger chance of that at this point. Yeah, she's sort of like the uh, modern day, I would say almost on a narrative similar to Parvati, except that if Parvati had won maybe Cook Islands, she was mm-hmm. sort of a, she's maybe, or maybe not Parvati, but she's not as, she's definitely proving that she's quite threatening when uh, given the chance. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I think she's definitely going to go far. I've said she was kind of like the dark horse winner pick of the season, and she's sort of proven that to be the case. Absolutely. Watch her vote out Wendell. That's what's next. Oh, that's 100% happening. That has to be next. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's next or not, but she is definitely getting the best of Wendell coming down. Oh, the it's it's common, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, you, it's you don't get Wendell's edit without him getting, like, <laughs> And I love that. I love the classic. It's like a very classic villain edit. You kind of love to hate it, um, or just love to love it. I don't know. I hate <laughs> to love it. Uh, I, I like it. I'm looking forward to it. I personally am enjoying Wendell more than I think the average person. So even if he gets taken down, which... Definitely is going to happen. Um, I'm here for it. It's a fair play at it. <laughs> for him, for his sake, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's turn? Is it uh, Wesley? Wesley yeah. Yes. Uh, throw me an easy one. Easy quote. All right. Let's get some points in the. Let's get some fire tokens in the bank. Yeah. Um, this quote is: "I am proud to be the last blank in the game. I've always been a blank. I was probably one of the only kids at law school that grew up in a trailer. But you know it." Made me who I am. It made me learn how to go make myself, be somebody. And that's the same out here in Survivor. I mean, I've had to do everything but a backflip out here to make it to the final three. You know what? It's one of the three people I think has the best shot winning this game, and it's Nick Wilson. That is correct. It's Nick Wilson. You know what? That was such a... I love that season. I cannot Mm -hmm. say enough how much I love David versus Goliath. (laughs) (laughs) Top, top two. Top two. Whoa. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I would definitely say it's up there. I don't know if I'd say top two for me, but it's oh. definitely top ten. It's it's top two for me. I think it helped that I discovered our hap that season at the same time. So right, so like, you sort of have like an association with it. Yeah, it was just, and then Christian Hubicki just speaks my love language. So <laughs> ones and zeros, that love language. <laughs> He's uh, like, <laughs> you know what? For fun, yeah. let's let's make it another hard one. Let's see what comes Ooh. out. I like oh. it. Okay. Here's the quote, and I apologize ahead of time. Oh, no. <laughs> finding, finding a really good friend is worth more than a million dollars. Friendships, like the one I have with Blank, I think are that rare. I tried to play the game with as much integrity as I could. I know I failed in a lot of respects, but hopefully people won't hold it against me that I beat them. Interesting. Okay, so this is someone who has a really, like, close <laughs> friendship with somebody. At the end. At the end. Can you read the quote one more time? Yeah, sure. Finding a really good friend is worth more than a million dollars. Friendships like the one I have with Blank, I think, are that rare. I tried to play the game with as much integrity as I could. I know I failed in a lot of respects, but hopefully people won't hold it against me that I beat them. Is it JT? It's not JT. Nope. Wow. All right, now I'm running through the list of people with friends at the end. Besides Amber. <laughs> yeah, this is a tricky one. I actually was like, ooh. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to listen and be like, wait, were they, did they really think they were friends? <laughs> I really feel like this can be from a middle season. The seasons I haven't rewatched in a while. Oh, no. Um, have we already said Yule? You're going to say Yule. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Is that, have, we already, have we already said Yule before? Has that already been an answer? I don't believe so. Uh, I don't believe we said Yule. And I'm locking oh. in on Yule because I think he's talking about Ozzy, if I had to pick. Okay. 
That was that was Yule. Whoa! Yes. But was, was, was it about Becky? That was not about Ozzy. That was actually about Becky. Oh, really? Yep. It's the I. This is my weakness. Is the middle seasons, even though I've gotten these answers. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> not much of a weakness. No, no, no. I I'm just guessing based on like basic knowledge. I re- haven't watched them since they aired. Um, I haven't got them yet on the sh- on the channel. So no, no, yeah. That wow. I didn't realize. No, Becky no, no that makes Ozzie. sense. That last part with the integrity, given what he said this episode of you know I've lied more in these however many days than I did in the entirety of Cook Islands. I do remember that Yule was someone who, despite being labeled as the Godfather, did really try to play like a very straightforward game. He actually had a lot of difficulty lying. Yeah, there was, you know, it's funny. Uh, he was saying, like, I lied way more in the last seven episodes than I have in all of Cook Islands. And he ends his Cook Island season. This was the very last thing he said. It wasn't really that, that you know, in some ways it's sort of, it, isn't, it, isn't, it wasn't very, it wasn't that personal. It was a bit generic, I thought. So I was like, all right, this is make it hard. Um, but he talks about, you know, playing with a lot of integrity. And he even gets very humble, which is a very Yule thing. He's like, I failed in a lot of respects. And it's like, Yule, come on. Like, you're freaking Yule. You're the, you're the godfather. Like, give me a break. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you failed in a lot of respects, but yeah, you're Yulquan. So anyway, but yes, uh, Wesley, you are now in the lead. Nice. What's the score? It is nine to eight. Oh, wow. That's a good thing. Let's do uh, let's do an easy question. I just want to build that lead on there. Yeah, pile it on. <laughs> um, okay. Easy question time. Blank and I pretty much own this game. She made it all the way to the end in blank. I made it almost all the way to the end in blank. To be in the final two of this season, it's a serious accomplishment. I feel like I can stand up tall and be like, I am a survivor. Hmm. Can you do one, one more time? Run through that one more time. Blank and I pretty much own this game. She made it all the way to the end in blank. I made it almost all the way all the way to the end in blank. To be in the final two of this season, it's a serious accomplishment. I feel like I can stand up tall and be like, I am a survivor. Hmm. So it has to have a female who loses the game. It has to be. It's not season twenty-eight because it's not Tony season. So it has to be like a season before twenty. I don't know when they introduced. I know they introduced final three Cook Islands. I'm trying to remember all seasons with final twos. Mm. Oh, her at the end. Her at the end. Crap. <laughs> trying to think of people who won against females in final twos without looking up a list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that counts cheating, but I, I'm just—I just have the list of the winners. I don't have anything else. Um, man, against a female final two, I'm going to take a shot in the dark here and say Aris beating Double D or Danny D. I forgot. That <laughs> is incorrect. It's oh Aris. no! So for Mike to tie the game for one point, do you have any idea who might have said that quote? So I believe it. Parvati refers to Amanda going to the end of China. So I'm I'm gonna say that that's her talking about it in fans versus favorites. Uh-huh. Yep, that was Parvati in Micronesia fans versus favorites talking about Amanda Kimmel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Despite the fact milk. that she didn't actually see Amanda go to the end of China, but I guess she just heard happenstance. <laughs> right. She just heard the great Brian Amanda, you know, did pretty well, almost a two-time winner. Uh, all right, so I learned my lesson. I'm going back to the medium questions. I've touched that hot stove one too many times. <laughs> keep giving keep giving points over to Wesley with these. Yeah, arguments. I'm loaded. All right, so the next question, medium quote: Falling down and hurting myself today reminded me just how human I am, mm. and reminded me just how much of a game this is. What that is is saying, all right, look, blank. You don't have to be Superman. You don't have to be a superhero, and you'll be okay. That's our friend Aris. There we go. Yeah, you're oh, come on. I know you, you served it up to me and then you, you promptly slipped on the glass. 
Oh, man. <laughs> that was Irish Braskowskis falling down on day 39, having to get stitched up, which is quite a unique day 39, I'd say, of all of, all of them so yeah, far. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's definitely like a conspiracy theory that because that happened, that's why they instituted the final three. I don't believe it, but some people could argue uh, that. I'm not sure about that. I'd say it was more like, if anything, it was really Terry not getting to the final two. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. And now it's um, Wesley. It's eleven to nine. You're down two points. Hmm. <laughs> you know, we haven't touched upon any of the first four winners. I feel like you're doing that purpose. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. You know what? Not even Heidi. We haven't done the first five winners. Oh no, we have. I'm sorry, we did Tina. Um I'm gonna hit me up with a medium question. Medium question, okay. Medium question is this game and I are a lot like two peas in a pod, you know? Being in the blank, I've been through a lot of battles in life, and tonight is going to be a battle because blank is a good talker, and blank won four immunity challenges. My my (laughs) game's been about providing for my family more than anything else, and at the end of the day, I need to bring a paycheck home to my wife and to my kids. Four immunity challenges. My two kids. Two kids. Oh, can I phone a friend? No, don't say that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say... I'm trying to remember how many they won. I want to say Ben Drebergen guessing Chrissy won four. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ben. I'm just guessing on how many Chrissy won. I think she won a bunch, though. Yep, that was Ben Drebergen from Chris Hillis Hustlers. He uh, he talks about Ryan's a good talker, and Chrissy did win four immunity challenges. And he said being in the mill, being in the Marines, I've been through a lot of battles. Well, sorry, I I got caught up in the four immunity challenges. (laughs) My mind went, like, who won four? Who won four? All right, oh, so man. we're tied up right now. Yes, eleven all. Right, keep, all. Keep, close. keep the lead. Keep come on, medium. <laughs> hey, we're gonna run out right. eventually. Here we go. New new medium quote. This year has been kind of a tough year for me. I just recently got divorced, and you know, coming out of a really tough marriage after almost four years, you look back and you're like, "Man, I got married to this person, and wow, it really doesn't work." So coming out here and having to make decisions quickly, day in and day out, and have them work, and get to sit here at the end of the day and say wow, these decisions worked out and I went really well. I have definitely gained some of my confidence back. I believe, I remember this because I believe it's the only personal content we got from Kim Spradlin throughout all of Survivor One World. That is correct. You may be right there. I think it's the only bit of personal content. That's 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 the only thing I remember is her finding out like, oh, she was divorced. That's interesting. I had no idea. She was, was, I think she wasn't, she like a wedding shop bridal owner or something like that? She was, yeah. Yeah. So I like that little ending. That's the last quote that she has for One World before she goes off and wins. Uh, it's probably the most personal thing she gets. It obviously ties into a profession. And uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. It's not it's not too gamey, which is surprising, um, mm. given how gamey and how many options she had. Yeah, like she end. was even the one who, when the pig got loose in the camp, she was like, this could be really good for my strategy. Yeah, and I, I love the duality of Kim here in One World compared. I mentioned this earlier. Now she's like, on the bottom, flustered, and it's like totally lacking control. And she's sort of getting her footing now as we go into the merge, which I love to see. Um, but I just, I'm like, it's really cool to see like arguably one of the best players ever who played probably the strongest game in Survivor history, just from a sheer dominant and control perspective, to come back and have no control, be totally flustered. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's freaking Kim Spradlin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
All right, I think Wesley, you go. It's uh, thirteen um, to eleven, so we're getting close down to the wire here. Which category has the "I'm on a business trip" line? <laughs> <laughs> hey, which one has the uh, million dollar check is already written for me line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just throwing a bone and, and purposely tie it up here. No, <laughs> no. Um, let's go with a. What's the score again? Uh, you have 11 and Mike has 13. Oh, crack. Thanks, Mike. Um, if only I could get my own questions and I would be winning. Uh, let's go with how many mediums do we have left? I feel like we've been doing. We've gone all. through a lot of the mediums. I'd say we have, look, one, two, three, four, five. Left. You know what? Give me a hard one. Okay. Woo. To uh, take the lead. I thought today more and more about my emotional breakdown at Tribal. I want to keep my composure tonight. The last thing I want to do is seem like this complete, you know, nut job, you know, crazy emotional crying, because I think that's somebody who doesn't deserve to get to the end. So I'm going to try to go in perhaps a bit more logically than emotionally. Hmm. Someone, they cried at the final. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I'll tell you, it's not Richard, Ethan, <laughs> Giuseppe, or Brian. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so they said, I thought today more and more about my emotional breakdown at Tribal. That's the first yeah. thing they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know, really oh, exposing the fraud I am when it comes to seasons I haven't rewatched. Or <laughs> um, I, I really, oh, man. There's not like, can I get like half points? We get like a hint for half points. I didn't, I didn't balance the game around half. Oh man. Um, I I really, so everyone listening, I don't remember who cried at the trial before the finals and it'll kill me. I'm trying to think of somebody who possibly would cry, which is hard to say still. I'm going to say Denise. Okay. Um, that is not correct. It's not Denise Stapley. I was thinking Malcolm going home. She might've cried. No, no. no. Denise was rather stoic in uh, Philippines. Yeah, people have any idea? Her. I, any idea? Yeah. yeah uh, sorry, Wesley. This is no, Sophie, okay. This is Sophie Clark. It is Sophie Clark. That was Sophie Clark talking about um, when Ozzy called four. her like a spoiled little girl at the uh, final mm. five. I think it was. Yeah, he was pretty. Yeah. Also, probably like one of the more. Um, emotional moments of Sophie's time on South Pacific, other than her maybe yelling at Albert every other yeah. episode. Or telling Jeff that like nothing changed after the after the talk at Tribal Council. Yeah. So, help me. Uh, they can't help you, Sophie. He better So my initial thought was to reduce it to fifteen. If we want, we can try and go to twenty. You had sixteen to eleven. That would mean that Mike did win here. I don't know if we want to keep going or I, if we want to cut it. I mean I'm I'm good to move on if you are, Wesley. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's move on. Though I am curious, where does uh where does Brian which which category did Brian's fall into? <laughs> I did avoid saying Brian's only because I, I knew it would be a gimme three points. It um, would have been oh it would have been hard? It was he he was in the hard. Actually, oh. Ethan, Vesepia, and Brian were all in the hard category. Come on. Um Is Brian's there... quote what Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say Brian's quote was, this is strictly a game to me. It was about building relationships and cutting your losses to move on to the next level. But the relationships that you were, that you built weren't necessarily real. Nope. Just over the last couple of days, things have gotten pretty touch and go. And there might have been some opinions formed in how cutthroat I am. It's a little scary to be sitting up there in the spotlight while you're interrogated. 
to me, it's hilarious because right after that quote, um, Clay then says, oh, everyone here here on the island just love Brian. He's a real class act. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> bro, no one had any read on this guy. <laughs> I'm sure pretty. And what do you think is like either the, the what what end quote surprised you the most from what you were yeah. hearing of these people? Um, well, I'd say uh, Tyson's was different only because it was easily the most vague that I literally workshopped it from his day 38 quote. So I felt I didn't even use it. Uh, his was his was so generic that it didn't even have any any personal tone to it at all mm. from uh, Blood versus Water. Um, I love Tony's. I didn't use Tony's. It was he was in the easy category. You guys definitely uh, dodged a lot of the easy questions. Um, Tony's was great. He, he does. Uh, he's like throughout this game. Uh, Tony had so many names. Tony in trouble. Tony in charge. Tony in the driver's seat. Tony in control. But today I feel like I'm a Tony in need of a million dollars. <laughs> and then he talks about needing uh he wants to get a pink chandelier for his daughter back home, which I liked. Um yeah, I don't know. There's I think it's really interesting. I can uh, I can send them over if you ever want to have it. it's a word doc I have of all thirty-nine, but it's interesting. It's most of them is the last thing they say. And they really do talk a lot about all different kinds of aspects of the game of Survivor, you know, whether it's their journey to get there, the friendships they made, the strategical games they played, or just like the experience of being on Survivor in the first place. Um mm. I don't know. I like it. I like like Sanders is very much a Sandra quote yeah. where she's like, you know, I don't want I'm, I'm going to do my best to make sure Russell doesn't win. And right after that, she burns his hat uh, in, the, in the episode. What and is Natalie, her quote from Pearl Islands? Oh, it's a little bit more generic. Um, what was her quote? Her quote was like, to this day, no one has ever put my name on a piece of parchment. They write it tonight. Give it. It's to give me the money. Uh, Lil is a good person, so I don't know why she doesn't deserve it more than I do or why she does deserve it more than I do. I think think that's what this will come down to is a three to four vote it's going to be something real close hmm. um oh, i also like yeah tom westman's was very much about like katie and tom doesn't actually have like a great read surprisingly one of the last things he says is like katie is so likable she's such a character you know <laughs> you, you just don't know if people just say you know what i've had enough of uh tom and his immunity necklace i'm going to give it to the one who was able to make it there by riding tom's coattails um so i'm like yeah, it's interesting if he's like providing you know there's some doubt to whether tom's gonna win and I actually think one of my favorites was probably Natalie White simply just saying, uh, I think there may be a little bit of strategy involved with Russell making us feel like we're not going to win or that we don't have a chance. But I have news for him. I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to explain to the jury. I don't work the same way as Russell. That would clearly not have worked for me. The girls that were aggressive, they got eliminated early. My strategy was to be myself. And at the end of the day, I wasn't out to get anybody or make anybody look bad. Russell made it clear that he was OK with making people look bad. I like that quote. I thought it was like yeah. perfectly describes and, the season. And that's a perfect setup too. Albeit while it was a surprise at the time to see Natalie's win. And while the edit itself and the narrative did not necessarily speak to that, no. like this at least is a moment that is going to foreshadow what happens at that final tribal council where Natalie is at least able to verbalize the strategy she had in working with Russell, which is more than Mick could do. You know, though, yeah. if you treat if you treat Natalie's game and this is I mean, it's half joke, but it's like half serious. If you treat Natalie's game almost like you're watching Edge of Extinction season. Her and Chris are very similar in the finale where it's like, who is this person? And how come it seems like they're going to win all of a sudden? Because Russell really like blows up his game the last couple episodes. But really in the finales where you see it, you're like, well, I feel like he should win based on the past like 13 episodes. This one, he's an idiot, like mm-hmm. more so than normal. Um and and then and but Natalie's over here like who who is she and why does it seem like she's gonna win? But same thing with the Edge of Extinction, like who is Chris and why is it what I feel like no one else has a chance except for yeah. Devin. Also, just you know, Chris somehow even had more 
screen time and confessionals and Natalie White did in the whole season. Despite so. being nah. gone for 10 episodes. Uh, well, actually, speaking of Russell, I, I want to, before we move on to, to our next game, I want to take a second to talk about, I think, the other big news item of this episode, which is Sandra deciding to leave the Edge of mm. Extinction. It has lit the Survivor internet on fire. I think uh, the the larger fan base has really dug into her, including some alumni players that have just been mentioned. Some have been really trying to boil it down as to like, well, she didn't quit. She just left the edge of extinction. Some have been applauding her for it. Some have been decrying her for it. Wesley, where do you stand on your feelings as to what Sandra did this past episode? So, so it's hard because Sandra has won twice and I'm very mixed on it. So like on one hand, she's won twice. Like, what does she have to prove? Um, she knows she's not going to win the challenge. So I know that's one side of the argument. The other side is like, you know what, though, if Tina Wesson was out there, would she have ever left the edge of extinction? No, she would have stayed out there till the end. And then and then some. Um, so I, I totally get both sides of the argument. I think I think Rice Sandra's probably somewhere in the middle. I wish Sandra, if you look at the edge of extinction season, I don't know how familiar. Sam, I mean, I know she watches the show. But I don't know if she like knows all these numbers, but like the Edge of Extinction challenge in in, in that in 38 was on day 17. I think she gets voted out day 16, 17, somewhere around mm-hmm. that. So, she, so like tradition, uh, traditionally, um, based on the other season, the challenge should have been like the next day in two days. I, I was surprised she didn't just like try the first challenge and then raise the flag a la Keith or Wendy mm-hmm. from Edge of Extinction. Like after that first challenge, OK, well, this isn't for me. I tried it once, you know, fair enough. Um, I was really surprised by that, but on the other hand, I think it, I don't know. I'm very mixed on it, but I wish he had given it one challenge shot because maybe they did something different this season. I, I mean, we don't know. Right. We just don't know. Pretty. And what do you think about it all? I was going to ask Mike, uh, what do you, what do you think? I want to hear your yeah. take. So, I mean, so my take, I mean, I'm also in a very weird category in that I just generally as like a reality TV fan, I really don't begrudge quitters that much. Because I I do feel like there is so much that happens off screen, especially in a show like Survivor that we really don't know about. Like, you know, news come out about, you know, uh, Austin, the first official person to quit Survivor, like his body was shutting down uh, due to the fact that he sold his clothes the first day. There's the infamous story about Purple Kelly uh, being put in by wardrobe in just a bikini in cold, rainy Mm -hmm. Nicaragua, which like caused her body to shut down. So, like, I feel like it's it's always tough to just have the blanket rule of like, yes, let's decry people who quit the game. Cause like, then are you going to say that about Jenna Maraska? Are you going to say that about Carrie Dietz? Like it's, it's, (laughs) it's, I wouldn't say like put it in echelons, but so in the first place, like even if she did quit, I'm not someone that's going to be like quitting is bad and you should never quit the game. I really do feel like I'm going to go off a point that you made Wesley. I feel like Sandra was fundamentally different from every person who walked into this season by saying, I have nothing to prove. Like you have people like Michelle and Denise who are like, I want to prove my style of gameplay can work. I want to prove that my win was deserved the first time. You have people like Natalie and Tyson uh, on the edge of extinction to win the challenge. You have someone like Ethan on there almost to like prove something to himself uh, more than anything. And I think Mm -hmm. Sandra just sort of is like none of the above. Like she had a literal statue. She just spent 39 days out in Fiji. She knows how respected she is in the community. And she knows that essentially all she would do is sit out there for 23 days and, you know, have the experience, I suppose, and be on the jury. But it might not be worth it to her at that point. So, like, I'm totally fine with what she did. I'd rather have this than, you know, really just dour depressed Sandra for the rest of the season. For what it's worth, I feel like I don't know if the show 
necessarily approved of her choice, but I feel like they gave her so much respect for, you know, between Jeff's talk with Dalton Ross and the way the scene was shown. I feel like maybe had someone left in a different way, it could have been shown in a much more like disgusted tone of like, mm-hmm. oh, look at this person, just like they did with Austin of like, oh, this person has the audacity to go home. So at the end of the day, production is sort of fine with the decision. Then I, I sort of am in line with them there. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I talked about this briefly in a video I made titled The Long History of Star Quitters. And I actually had to amend that video because uh, whatever reason, CBS uh, gave me a copyright. They took it down and then I put it back Done up that. again. Like a year, I put it back <laughs> up a year later and I was able to talk more about the edge of extinction in it, though. So I was like, yeah, it's kind of a kind of a nice thing that did because quitting has become a very heavy theme of the last few seasons with Edge of Extinction and now Winners at War. Um, because the theme of of the edge of extinction is like, would you are you going to quit? Or are you going to tough it out? And it asks you that, like when you first get to the island, the 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 mass, the white mass has that little plaque there. And it says, you know, when fear or loneliness sets in, you must find the resolve to overcome. And then it says, if at any point you wish to end your journey, you can raise the sail and a boat will pick you up. And for me, I'm like, OK, I play so many games uh, in the, in this case. We were talking board games more. They get so technical and finicky with wording. You got to be like, OK, what exactly does what's the literal definition of that word? And how does that apply to the game at hand? What's the mechanic here? So on some level in my video, I said that I don't really consider people who quit to even be quitters because like the stigma around quitting is like they purposely chose to remove themselves from the game regardless of whether production let them or wanted them to. Um, and so I would say that, yeah, on the literal definition of the word quitting, yeah, Sandra quit. She did quit the game. She walked out. She left. But I think that uh, I think that it's I don't think that it has the same stigma around it with the edge of mm. extinction, because one, the producers are allowing you to do it. It's a built in mechanic from the producers. People that created the game are like, it's cool if you do it. It wasn't they didn't really want the or Purple Kelly. It's an option you can do. You can quit at any point, but they're not giving you the chance. And they will obviously look down on you upon it if you do. Edge of Extinction, they're like, look, it's cool if you do it. We understand that. That's sort of a part of the theme and the elements. Um, I also don't really, like, I don't lump her in the same category as the rest of them who walked away without giving the option. And honestly, like, from a realistic, practical standpoint, like, yeah, Sandra obviously is like, she's not. there's not a 0% chance that she doesn't come back into the game. Um, but there's a pretty good chance she doesn't come back. And at, at best, she's just going to sit on the Edge of Extinction for the next few days, uh, the next few weeks. I don't know if they make more money for being on the edge than they do if they were or were to walk away. Sandra's pretty much, I like that it's very much in line with Sandra's character. And it's sort of a mm. funny, there's some poeticness to it with her. She's very much there just to get there to get the money and get out. And she didn't get the money, so she's out. And that's very much in line. She's not playing up for the cameras. She is very true to herself. She got there, she didn't win. So she's like, you know what? I don't stand a chance. I don't care. I'm done. Uh, and honestly, on some level, it's kind of nice that the two only two time winner is now gone. So we're for sure going to get yeah. another two time winner. I think that's a cool element that's now 100 percent added to the season that like we're definitely getting another two time winner. Like even if it was unlikely that Sandra was going to get beyond the first few votes anyway, which she surprisingly did. It's just cool that like we're going to have another two time winner in the history of Survivor, um, even though it's kind of going to happen. <laughs> like the odds of it happening were like 95% yeah, or greater say, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, this is, uh, it, it's something that- Now it's been, 100%. Yeah, it's been, it's been 10 years in the making, and this is going to be really, really awesome, especially considering uh, who's left. So yeah, I, I totally agree that, as well that I think with the Edge of Extinction mechanic built in, it doesn't necessarily incentivize you to quit, but it's almost like putting you in a different game, and in that game, right. it's okay. Hey, they already got voted leave. out. 
like the main game happened. They got voted out. They kind of lost. I don't think Edge of Extinction is necessary for the game part of it. Like I get for a TV episode part of it. Like, it can make the production better in some level. Uh, obviously not from an editing sometimes. Um, but I do understand why they might want to include it, particularly with 40 uh, with 20 returning winners who people love to see over the span of 20 years. It's nice to have Ethan on the screen, even for a little bit. I get why people like that. Um, I get why they made that call. I, what I want to know is I'm curious to know is like, and this is kind of random at a left field, but I never, I never fully knew this. Did they let people quit when they went to Redemption Island on those mm. seasons that had happened? Cause they do on edge of extinction and edge of extinction is basically like uh, the cousin of Redemption Island, but Redemption Island, nobody ever quit from it. No. Would it have the same, would you have, would it have the same stigma quitting Redemption Island as it would from edge of extinction? People both got voted out. They went there. They're pretty much in like the lobby waiting room waiting to get back. They don't have a great chance of getting back in. Um, and it's, honestly, it's probably tougher on some level to get back from Ed Redemption Island because you have to go on a winning streak. So I don't know. I was like, I wonder. There's These are questions that I had people throwing at me when I made that video months ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, this really makes me sit back and question like, all right, what does it mean to be a quitter? And like, how, how big of a deal is it? Are there differences between quitting on certain parts of the game under certain circumstances? Do I think less of somebody if they're of their legacy? In this case, one of the biggest legacies in the history of the show for quitting the game. Do I think less of Sandra? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't really full, fully formed an opinion as of now. It's only been a few days, but mm. I mean, I, I honestly probably don't. I don't really, I don't think it's that big no, of a deal. I, to, I mean, to compare Redemption and, and Extinction, I feel like Sandra would have probably stayed on Redemption because again, if you're looking at the challenges, there you have on paper a 50% chance of winning that immediate challenge. And yes, yeah, it's another point. The next day might be a different challenge, but also those were more equalizing challenges. You know, that was like shuffleboard, throw the ball at the <laughs> tile. This one is what it would be one in nine. And oh, it looks, course. and it looks like, yeah, it looks like it's going to be very similar to the first edge of extinction challenge from season 38, which was like do an obstacle course, then do the snake maze at the end. Right. So you have much better chances of surviving on redemption Island at, on one-on-one -on -one than you would amongst this big gaggle of people. Even if you do stay in the game after you lose an edge of extinction, you know what yeah. though? I rewatched um, both edge of extinction challenges recently. And I feel like the one that Chris won was very heavily favored and some, and for someone who is, um, well, Bill, like Chris or Joe, but I feel like that first one, the Devons one, it really seemed like almost anybody could have won that challenge. It seemed very fair and balanced. Aubrey blew everyone out of the water until she got to the snake. Oh, maze. Wendy, Wendy almost came back. Actually. Yeah. Wendy almost won. I mean, like at, uh, at one point, I think for, except for Chris and Reem, even though they were at the snake, um, at the snake maze, everyone could have won that challenge. I feel like it was very fair, which is why I was like, I wish Sandra had tried at least the first one, mm. because if it's similar to that one, like, Sandra, you ain't got to be the fastest. You just got to get snake maze and just be patient. Because if you're patient at that snake maze, which is, I know, is hard to do. You're like, oh, I want to get back in the game. Um, this is so exciting and crazy. Um, but at the same time, you know, I feel like it, everyone had a good shot. But that second one um, where Chris won, it, it was definitely a favor towards people who, who were about like Chris and uh, Joe. Well, yeah, especially that first leg, right, with the wriggle yourself mm. through the, the ropes yeah. around the post. Like, I know that that held up like half the people immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, she wouldn't know, obviously, what challenge is coming. She's no. probably feeling very defeated. I get it. And, you know, sometimes you lose, especially with the stakes this high. And, you know, you you, you just you make, you know, quick, quick snap decisions. Um, maybe maybe she I don't think she regrets it from what I've seen. But no. you never know. But, you know, I think they are doing the same challenge as I did for Edge of Extinction. Um, I could be wrong, but I know it was in the promo for the next episode. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's the same challenge that they did for the halfway point. So, yeah, I mean, it's like she could have she could have probably stood a better chance. 
than ever in any challenge. Um, but what are you going to do? On the bright side, she gets a whole pre-jury trip to herself, which I'm assuming is actually <laughs> the best prize of all. I think it was like Randy on Twitter or something said like she's now the mayor of Ponderosa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she might be the Somebody only person in Ponderosa, the one person city. Uh, and I mean, considering that she just went from 36 days in Fiji on an island to two weeks out of the game and now playing again for 16 days. Like, I think she needs a vacation. So, well deserved. I guess yeah. Sandra can, can take some R&R right now. It is too bad. We'll never see her. We will never see her on the jury. She either won or she just missed the jury, but never quite <laughs> made it on. Yeah, yeah. It, it always it will always remain to be seen because I'm assuming that she really is going to retire after this yeah. as to what Sandra on a jury would be like. I guess maybe from, you know, IOI when we saw her reacting in the booth with Rob, maybe that's like the closest approximation we'll get in terms of her color commentary, which if that's the case, then I'm happy we got at least that sneak peek into it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. The IOI, uh, the I, I, it was silly, but I loved it. The uh, Rob and Sandra up there reacting. Well, let's get into our final game here. So we're going through Survivor history. Let's keep on keeping on here. Unfortunately, with the pre-merge ending, we're going to have to say goodbye to the very noticeable Skull and Crossbones tribal immunity idol that, you know, Wendell tried to throw to Jeff, that Sophie made Jeff come get. It's been very, very prominent since the very beginning. But we have had... 40 tribal immunity idols through the years so i thought we'd review a few of them in this game called idol chatter basically if you all want to follow along i have created a gallery to uh to bring up some images that we'll discuss go to bit.ly slash idol chatter i-d-o-l chatter Basically, I've handpicked a, a select number of idols from over the years in Survivor, and we'll go around the horn. I want each of, each of us to rate this idol on a scale from one to five. You can rate it in terms of uh, artistic ability. You can rate it in terms of beauty. You can rate it in terms of creativity. The world is your oyster. The brush is in your hands. But uh, we'll, we'll sort of review the more notable idols through the years and see how uh, Old Skull and Crossbones compares to it. And let's start with the Skull and Crossbones, because again... Super notable. Two fire tokens for eyes. Yes, they tried to poke it out and they weren't able to grab them. So unfortunately, that did not become a mechanic. But Peridium, scale of one to five, how are you rating the season 40 tribal idol? Okay, so I I can say I can't personally say I've uh, investigated the tribal idols too heavily. I'm looking at what we have here for this uh, link that you provided. Um, I don't actually, I actually kind of like the uh, Winners of War Idol. I like the art department, what they've done. They had the powder keg with the voting urn and they got Dreft's uh, Warhammer torch snuffer. So I'm like, all right, the idol tribal is skull and crossbones and a skull with what looks to be two uh, super glued fire tokens. Apparently you can't take them out. I think Nick uh, confirmed that on Twitter. He tried to and couldn't do it. I love the fact that they've added these little dangly chains. I wonder if they're actually made of, of iron, rusted iron. Probably not just art department, but um, I kind of like it. I think that it speaks to the theme of winners at war a little. It's a little bit common. Like I, skull and idols are so common in Survivor. You know, it's like a very typical motif you see all over just uh, Exile Island, uh, Ghost Island. You see these skull and crossbones, but I think it's fitting the fact that we have 40 season. So yeah, I kind of like it. I'd probably give it a... Gosh, so are we going to break him in path? Can I go like four and a half out of five? All right, we can do that. I'll allow that sort of star rating. Maybe I'm being too generous here, but I'm curious to see what you guys have to say. <laughs> yeah, what do you, what do you think, Wesley? Um, personally, you know what? With the theme, uh, the only down, the only 
thing I agree with pretty, and by the way, with what he said, um, the only thing I think is sucks is that they couldn't take the fire tokens out of the eyes. Um, I, I, I think it should have been most to ever won. And then they could have fought over those two fire mm. tokens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, otherwise, no, I would actually say this is probably top level immunity for me. Um, I like it. If it's the theme, if it's all the exploding barrels we've seen, um, it just, I don't know. It just fits. And I, I'd give it a five out of five. I can't think of much else. I would, I would expect out of this idol for the season. Yeah. I, mean, I definitely feel like it takes itself quite seriously. I'm looking at the next one. Yeah. And I want to like, I don't know if I want to judge it based on that or not. <laughs> well, it's also interesting because this is not the first skull themed tribal idol we've had, right? Pearl islands had the skull on the ax. I think mm-hmm. Fiji uh, was like a similar skull on a spear, but I don't know. I just mm-hmm. really like this idea of like the skull and crossbones on its, on its, I'm going to give it five simply because when they split into three tribes and they had to give away two idols, one per one tribe got the skull and the other one just got two bones. And I just, that really tickles me. That tickles my funny bone. So I'm going to give it a five. I like what it says though, having the the fire tokens, in the eyes, as if like whoever the skull was, they died because of these fire tokens. Oh, and yeah, it's it's really fitting. Like, is somebody is somebody you know was somebody going to lose just because of fire tokens? That's kind of what they tried selling a song with you all. Yeah, I like. No, I, I mean, in, in that case, is that sort of like, is this like a Jacob Marley thing from a Christmas Carol of like, don't be like me, don't save your fire <laughs> tokens, spend them at once, save your fire tokens. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's move on here. Now let's go from the most recent season all the way back to the beginning. We are looking at the Survivor Borneo tribal oh immunity idol in all of its glory. Wesley, give me your thoughts here. You know what? Uh, it's completely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like if if, I, if you were to ask, like you know, what, uh, okay, am I thinking about this? Oh, I'm I'm living in the year 2000. I'm looking at it, or am I thinking about it from 2020? It's very important. I mean, Which I, one am I, I would say look at, at? look at it from a 2020 perspective. Though. Okay, 2020. This is this is God. I mean, it's so goofy. <laughs> if anyone has not seen this image, you gotta look at it. the Survivor Borneo Idol. I don't. You know, I I just rewatched this. Obviously, I rewatched season recently. I don't remember this idol um, very much being shown. Maybe I just it, it maybe because it's like standard definition is harder to see, but. It's just so goofy. I feel like that doesn't matter here. <laughs> it's just so goofy. Yeah, this thing like supersedes definition. Yeah, it's just like what? Is, what is this? It's like it's like a little person stacked on. Is it like three sets of eyes? It's hard for me to tell in this image. Yeah, I feel like thematically with Borneo, this thing does not work at all. But no. I don't know. I don't know what they're going for here. Maybe there's some sort of. I, I don't know. Is it culturally re- relevant in any way uh, with the colors and and the faces? I, what do you well, think, Mike? In, in I Borneo. Let's go ahead, Mike. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, the, the colors are really what sticks out to me. I wonder if it was honestly a thing of like, okay, paint this as brightly as possible so that like we can catch it on camera. Though I feel like to a certain extent, like it's very representative of just like the gung ho ad hoc style of Survivor Borneo. Like this feels like pinnacle Survivor Borneo along with the gong and the chest of money. <laughs> and, right. and and uh, him talk and Jeff talking about like, well, the island it's allowed you to do that. Or, yeah, or, or, or like Jeff walking by tree mail being like, the tribes will receive mail every time for their immunity challenge. <laughs> it's a nice, just yeah. a nice little relic. So that from that perspective, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it like one and a half because it is fugly, <laughs> but like it has value, you know. Well, doesn't all tribal idols have a value, Mike? I suppose so. I suppose all so. All tribal idols are equal in a way. What do you guys think? Are you what are you rating it? Oh, I want to say a one out of five. Like if we're considering what's the bottom of the bottom in terms of idols, this this I can't I don't know if any idol looks worse than this. Um though some may argue, I'm gonna say this is a one out of five. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, like from a first idol perspective, it's pretty dang goofy. Um, I'm gonna or, or I don't want to hard to be too hard on the earlier seasons. It's a rough draft, you know. I'm gonna give it like a maybe a two, two out of two out of five. All right, all right. Well, let's move on here. We're moving a bit further in Survivor history. I'm going to season twelve, Exile Island. Not a lot of people might remember this, but Exile Island sort of had like a zombie theme to it before we actually had people coming back into the game. They had this idea of like undead people. And so <laughs> this idol is like a pike with three zombie heads sticking onto it. Like shrunken heads on yeah, it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting. I mean, I think the, the shrunken heads themselves are like garish, and I do like them appropriating the culture from this perspective, but it's gotta be weird to keep around your camp, having just three little heads this, staring this at you. Is, this stuff is nightmare fuel. This stuff you have, <laughs> you know, when you're having a bad day, like, you look at that, like, holy crap. Yeah, imagine, like, is, is scary. Imagine Shane Powers going slowly crazy because of nicotine withdrawal, and then having to stare at those three faces looking back at him. I was about to say. <laughs> so, I don't know, this one, this one, I'm gonna give this one a two. I like it a little more than obviously the Bordeaux idol, but it's it's freaky, and I guess that's the point, but I don't know how much I want things to be freaky, you know? I don't want my idols to be freaky. I want them to be sought out. We don't want to be like Joanna from the Amazon and want to, like, deliberately push away the idol. Man. Yeah, I might have to go with uh, my takeaway. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to go lower than the two I gave for for X for uh, Borneo. I might give it, like, at least a one, mm. maybe. I'm not a huge fan of it. I think it looks crazy. Uh, maybe too crazy and not in like a goofy way. I'd just be frightened. Of, I don't want that. I just intentional not saying I just give up immunity every time, you know, I don't want I, that thing. Around I feel like you should be handed this on on your way to exile. Island. Yeah, exactly. not, <laughs> um, no, I, I, I wouldn't give it. A, I wouldn't go as low as Pridium here, but I would probably say two. Yeah, I'd stick with the two. I was gonna say two and a half, but no, I'd say two. All right, let's move on here. We're moving a couple seasons back. We're going to Survivor Palau. Now, the actual idol is sort of like, you know, nothing to write home about. But I think, obviously, the big memorable piece of this idol is the fact that it really did resemble a contestant, Willard, who happened to be part of a tribe that won this idol every single time in the pre-merge. So I guess, Peridium, taking all of that into perspective, where does this idol rate for you? Yeah, it's the Willard Idol. <laughs> oh, this is great. Uh, for those who don't know, you should check out the Funny 115 number 86 entry. It's, it's Mario Lanza talks about it. If you Google that, you'll get a whole written entry on this idol. Um, and you'll get a much better appreciation for what it brings to this season and to Survivor history. Mm. You know, you, you got to give uh, props to Willard for, you know, being the guy that he is. They likened the whole idol the game was revolving around him until he was woefully cut short in the pre-merge. I'm going to give it, you know, I think it's middle of the road. Say I'll give it a three out of five. You know, it's pretty basic. It's a nice little wooden thing you'd hang on your mantelpiece somewhere in the in the living room or the foyer as you walk in. And I hopefully, hopefully Willard has one of these. I would love to know. Yeah, you know, he doesn't, need, he doesn't need pictures of himself. He just needs to hang this thing up. And that can be his own self-portrait. I mean, you say he's like, well, probably one of the most nondescript players in Survivor that's probably most forgotten, except for the fact that the pre-merge idol is, looks exactly like him. <laughs> exactly. And that's pretty cool. So I like that. I like that little history. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it like a three point five because uh, I think okay. the 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 idol itself is like not much to write home about. There's actually a lot of these idols that are like pretty generic, like tiki's, uh, but just the fact that it resembles a contestant purely serendipitously, unless they really did mean for it to happen after they saw this guy <laughs> in casting. I really hope that's the case. Uh, but just the the resemblance and maybe the fact that after Willard left, his soul 
was like trapped in this idol afterwards. That's my own personal headcanon. So due to that, it's getting a three point five for me. I'm 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 not I, dog. I can't agree with you. Oh, I can't. I can't do that reference. Um, no, I'm gonna say two and a half. Like honestly, if someone put this on my mantle and then told me it was from Survivor, I'd be like, yeah. Are you sure? It just looks so basic. But then again, I haven't read that funny 115 article apparently in a while. I've read all the one, one funny 115, but uh, maybe maybe it is maybe it's better than. But uh, just on first glance, like this is super basic, but it's like very average, very middle of the road, very like. It either gets better or worse. But okay, so um, what, did you, what did you give it out of five? I give it a two and a half out of five. I expect Willard to be chewing you out on Twitter at any minute. Now. <laughs> I know. Dr. Willard is going to slip into your DMs. <laughs> oh, no. It has to be better than Will Kirby, right? Or oh. no. Will Kirby chew me out? It's going to be much, much, much worse. Yeah, maybe Will Kirby will chew you out on behalf of Willard. <laughs> They'll stick together. Let's move, on. It. Let's move on here. Uh, I want to talk about maybe one that's been forgotten in the long run. The Game Changers Tribal Idol, which is a diver's helmet, mm-hmm. which, you know, uh, some people might have forgot the general aesthetic of Game Changers was a shipwreck. Makes sense, given the way the season went. Uh, but I I love this. And we've seen some busts before. I think they have like a Conquistador one in Nicaragua. There's like a Terracotta Warrior in China. But I don't know something about like the the limestone rust on this. The fact that when they had did three tribes, that one tribe got the helmet, the other tribe got the perch. It's just so funny to me. So this this has to get like a four four and a half from my perspective. What do you think, Wesley? My, I, you know what? I'm right there with you. The only thing I, I I don't remember anyone trying, and maybe it's just not big enough. If it fit on somebody's head, I would give it a five out of five. Oh yeah, but I don't I don't think it fits on anyone's head. I think it's just probably a bit too small maybe for a child uh so i'd, I'd agree I, you know four and a half yeah for sure i think this is top notch i think survivor at this point has definitely figured out what the immunity idol what the i'm sorry what the tribal immunity should look like i'm just imagining them putting it onto jeff Barner's head as he walks out at the end yeah. of the pre-marriage yeah this is what you get this is your them. punishment <laughs> it's the shame walk with the helmet well, it's the last one of the pre-merge you know just exactly. bye so take this oh, with man. you and with your pizza box yeah you yeah, I think wreck. it's I think it's a pretty unique looking. I mean, it's definitely a unique looking one. Um, I like it. A part of me wonders, like, is it too much? Uh, but you know, I think it's definitely it stands out. It's it's. I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what to make of it. I'd say, I guess I'll give it a four out of five. You know, I just think that they've clearly done a lot of work, and uh, I think I don't really recognize. Like, I don't understand why. I guess the game changers a shipwreck theme, and I guess that kind of makes sense. Like, you have a, a diver with this the helmet on. I mean, I don't know. It's okay. It looks cool. I'll never forget John Cochran on the ship as a reward. It'll be burned in my brain forever. If only that oh, was yeah. the idol. That would have been great. We could another. John Cochran. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. well, let's move on here to the next one. This is from survivor Philippines, the famous rooster. <laughs> so it is a, uh, Saramanok, which I believe is like a legendary bird in the Philippines, but it's a rooster. This is so much fun. I, I know that Mario Land, speaking of the Funny 115, this is the first entry on the newest version of the Funny 115, uh, helpfully referring to this as Big Black Cock. Make of that what you will. But Peridium, <laughs> what what do you think about the rooster here? Uh, I love the rooster. I think it is absolutely insane. The fact that they made a rooster out of uh, into an idol, fashioned it into an idol, the fact that you can split it up into two. Um, I have included this in a thumbnail that I put together and I like made the whole thumbnail just about this one little idol. Uh, I think it was talking about the um, the, the worst 
the least successful tribes in, in as far as challenges go. And I had to include this, of course, as a reference to Matt Singh. And yeah, no, I love this one. I think it's hilarious. It's so unique. Uh, I am going to go crazy. I'm going to give it a five out of five. Wow. Wow. I love it. I love this season. I think that the pre-merge is fantastic. And mm. the fact that they have a chicken idol is just insane. Um, I love it. Correct me if this is me misremembering. Didn't. So maybe this is a war dog um, interview or maybe it was during the show. Didn't war dog reference a podium video? About the intentional Matt Singh, he, he told me that he uh, he did he did actually bring it up. He said he brought it up to uh, Kelly and um, and to Lauren on the beaches in the pre merge because they were losing. So he's like, maybe we should just keep losing until it's just us, and then we'll have like no threat. We'll get rid of David and Rick and whoever and Wendy, and then uh, we'll just go into the merge with like such a small level of threat. He's like, he referenced. He's like, this guy made talked about this strategy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, actually, it wasn't me. I didn't think of the strategy. This just came from I think Rob and Stephen, um, but. Yeah, it was cool. He brought that up to me. I was like, oh, that's cool. I forgot whether that was canon on the show, though. I think it wasn't. It must have been. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, 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 they would not let that. Uh, <laughs> unless you were a previous player, it's very, very unlikely or directly related to them. They would, It would not be mentioned on the show. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I'm getting that. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's a fun idol. And honestly, Survivor, you know, the goofier you get, the better. Just avoid Borneo Goofy. I feel like there's a line and that crossed it. Um, but this this rides the line perfectly. Um, I'm not going to say five out of five. I would go with more of a four out of five. I do really like it. Um, I get, I'm a, I'm a, I'm just a big fan of just the weirder, the better. It makes me remember the season more, honestly. Yeah. Except for Borneos. Except for Borneo. <laughs> no, you know, I remember now that I've seen it, I'll never forget this. And I'm going to go back right. and rewatch. Yeah, well, I, I think this is also like compounded <laughs> by the, by the weirdness of Borneo in general. So this is just like a drop in a bucket where something like this survivor had been so sort of, you know, worked through at this point that when you see, Oh, a rooster, Okay, that's yeah. interesting, and I, I feel like I it is like very, it, it's very indicative of, as you said, pretty. I'm like Survivor Philippines in itself that like it had been in a bit of a rut. This is a bit of a renaissance, and to commemorate that, this is like here's this wacky new bird that's uh, appearing and never going to Matt Singh. So I'm going to give it a four and a half. I also like the effect of the fish hanging out of its mouth that I did not uh, realize at first, and like you said, the tail feathers are detachable, I believe, to uh, create right. a, a and that's idol. something to consider because. They hadn't had three tribes on a Survivor season since I think All Stars. Yeah. So the fact that this is one of the first idols that can actually break apart, you know, that's pretty cool. I think that gets points in my book. Yeah, well, you know what? Didn't they have four se- four seasons? Wasn't that in Cook Island? Oh, you're right, 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 right. Well, I, uh, I know it's not on this list. I, now I'm super curious to what the idol was that season because they had to break it up four so, ways. Yeah, so or Cook, half, so half Cook Islands point. was uh, a tiki, and I believe it was the head, the body, and the legs was what was oh, broken up and, and panama okay. i believe uh before they put all the zombie heads together i think each tribe got a zombie head that won the challenge mm, okay yeah because they went with four tribes for only a couple episodes in those seasons or at least in uh at least in cook islands from i remember yeah. it's been a while um the final one that we want to talk about speaking <laughs> of weird <laughs> we gotta go to worlds apart here the effing stick has come alive <laughs> he has a hat and a shield and like armor and he's standing on a pedestal and this is incredible in so many ways they actually made a living totem out of a stick this is just everything i want about an idol and more this gets 
five out of five for me. I, could, I wish I could give it a six. This is redonkulous bonkers, and I love every ounce of it. Yeah, you just said what I was thinking. I was going to give it a six out of five, so I think I might just to uh, go, you know, echo your sentiment and then give you what you didn't want to do. This is incredible. Uh, I didn't even think about the fact that it looked like the effing stick, which is crazy. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what I, I didn't know what season this was from. Like, what is this? It's clearly an HD photo, so it's gotta be recent. Like, that's from Worlds Apart. What? Yeah. <laughs> Eliza would be proud, proud if she does. I mean, maybe she already knows, but I mean, this. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I like to stay within the numbers. I'm very analytical. Uh, I'm gonna say five out of five. But if I was just to give an emotional response, uh, is this the best one here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like this is if you're talking about like with the Willard Idol, do you want that display? Like, I want this displayed in every room in my house. Oh, please, please, yes. I would. So yeah, I would just want it for the historical. Like, it's just this is one of the wackiest, probably the wackiest idol they've ever made. It has um, a little shield. <laughs> right. It's, it's so perfect. It looks it looks like a, a little enemy character I've killed in video games. Yes. You know, I don't I don't know what it is. It's got the skulls, of course, a classic for survivor it's got uh feet it's got it's wearing armor and clothing and it's got a skirt and it's got legs uh with little feet at the bottom i don't know it's got a staff and a shield i'm like this dude is he is level 10 and he's running around and he's mm. questing and he's getting his <laughs> i don't know what he's doing but good for him yeah i think if they keep making survivor video games just make like uh an open world rpg with this guy as the main character Absolutely. He's got eyes, seashells for eyes. Yeah, make it like a little big planet type of thing, but now you're like battling yeah, your way that, through it. That's what I was thinking of. I'm like, this looks like something out of a little big planet. This could have fit right in. All right. So that is just a smattering of idols that we've seen through the years, but man, they run the gamut in the best way. Let's finish things off here as we do every week on the BNB. The question of the week. Last week's question of the week uh, What is the theme of the season? Because as Jeff Probe says, every season has a theme. I'll read off a few responses that you listeners gave before we start wrapping things up. Kate Breezy says an alternate theme for season 40 of Survivor and then a link to a tweet, which was a game of shoots and ladders called Breadfruit and Ladders, which is a game that I personally <laughs> would like to play. That's another Survivor board game that you can adapt one day Peridium for one of your board game nights. Mm-hmm. I would look forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, John John says theme of season 19 is Survivor Viagra since Rob mentions that he got back into Survivor due to the actions of Russell Hans. Uh, that's oh an interesting Hello. subtitle. I don't know what the opposite like for bad seasons. Is there like an opposite of Viagra uh, that would I don't know that would make things significantly whimper? <laughs> I don't want to answer this question. Yeah, we'll move on from that. Any, more pharma- any pharmaceutical people are out there in the audience they can answer. Perker Schimmler says the theme of millennials versus Gen X was future RHAP guests. And yep, not mad at that. You could also could have no, used that no. for like any season in the 30s, basically. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Maybe maybe that's where the evolution goes in the 40s. Uh, the evolution of our hap. There you go. So, oh, man, that's going to be like, I don't know. That's like a snake eating its own tail. Just so uh, <laughs> meta. Finally, let's uh, hear some from Muhammad. Survivor 40, old school versus new school. Uh, Survivor 39, Island of Stay Away from the Idols. (laughs) Survivor Worlds Apart, High School. High School featuring a stick. Survivor Kagayan, Tony's Adventures. Uh, (laughs) Survivor Samuel Del Sur, Kill Bill. And finally, Survivor Micronesia, Who Run the World? Girls. 
Girls, girls. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of like, uh, there's been like Survivor Sucks posts and some Reddit posts about like seasons summed up as like SpongeBob quotes or The Office quotes. This was sort of like a version of that. Uh, I, I, and I love those exercises to like sum up a season in a few words or like a three second clip. Mm hmm. So yeah. for next week, uh, as we approach the merge here, I want you all out there. Wendell, in my pun-loving heart, had a delightful send-off to Yule in this episode as he voted for Yule, held up his vote, and said, Yule be on the edge of extinction tonight. Uh, oh. Second only to his drop the mic, bro. Put down the pen, bro. Pick up the eraser. So I want you all there to do your best, Wendell. Create your own voting confessional where you create a pun using the name of a person who's still in the game. Uh, like, I hope you're inclined not to play your idol tonight, Adam. You're going to the edge of extinction. Something like that. Uh, you have a bunch of ways you can reach out to us. With that answer, you can always email it to us, rhapbnb at gmail.com, the letter B, the letter N, the letter B at gmail.com. Tweet it to us using hashtag rhapbnb. Post it on Facebook, Reddit, YouTube under one of these guys' videos. I don't know. We'll cover it all next week as we finally get to the merge. Of winners at war will be joined by the great Kirsten McGinnis uh, to break it all down. It is sure to be an extremely fun time, so be sure to check that out. Liana will be back as well. But for now, gentlemen, the pleasure was all mine to get to nerd out about Survivor with two of the best Survivor content creators I know, really putting out so much fantastic content each and every week. You know, as someone who absolutely loves YouTube, I, I just never thought that my opinions would align with survivor love and YouTube love outside of like little compilation videos, but you've both been able to really, you know, make, make a, make this into a different style. And I know I speak on behalf of the community when I thank you both for the work that you have done and that you're going to be able to do moving forward. Uh, so if you guys want to plug your channels, your social media, and uh, if you want to plug again, what might be coming up down the line, line in the immediate future for your videos let's start with peridium yeah okay um you can find me on youtube at peridium it's p-e-r-i-d-i-a-m uh that is a combination of the word peridot and diamond which is my birthstone and my wife's birthstone it's kind of random um you can also find me on twitter that at my name billy geis and on instagram um, I put out videos every week, every Wednesday, right before the latest episode of Survivor. And in the case of Big Brother, if we have it this season, I like to put them out every Thursday before the live eviction. So if you're not a fan of Survivor and you want to wait for Big Brother, I do also talk about Big Brother and vice versa. Um, yeah, I've got a new video coming out this Wednesday. I'm going to be talking about <laughs> talking about the most heartbreaking vote outs in Survivor history uh, for me personally. Personal video. Obviously, it's very relevant to uh, the pre-merge of Winners at War. And we may be seeing a winner or two on that list. So there you go. All right. Well, Mike, <laughs> sorry, I just got it right. No, in there. you go ahead, man. Oh, I was going to say, thank you for having me on, man. I'm like super humbled. I really enjoy the BNB. I really enjoy our hap. Um, I speak for myself and probably pretty when I say, if you want to have, have us on every season, I'm on board. <laughs> I'll talk for five hours. I don't care. <laughs> we'll, but, say, uh, we'll, pull the, we'll try to break Christian Hubicki's record. Oh no! You know what? No, yeah, I think I think Christian Hubicki. I can listen to him just talk about anything, like anything. He's just he's fascinating. Love the guy. <laughs> um, but coming up, uh, so Once Upon an Island is my channel. Uh, of course, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can follow me in all those places. Uh, coming up, I'm finishing the Marquesas videos. I go season by season, so I'm reviewing the season of Marquesas this Monday, and then 
for all of, I'm looking at the calendar real quick, all of April and uh, half of May will get us through Thailand. Uh, I got five videos for Thailand. And then if it's, I was going to ask Pretty this earlier in the podcast, uh, kind of put him on the spot. So Pretty, you talk about Dr. Will and how he lambasted you. I was like, oh no, because currently I'm working on a Dr. Will story video that's like, your video, but like on steroids, like I, I'm pretty sure it's gonna be like an hour and a half long. Don't quote me on that. Mention um, the pig. Because I am going through every single detail. Um, I liked your video because it was like, it's like, if yeah, you want, was Will, short. Was if you want short. Will's story in like 20 minutes, perfect. And I'm like going through this, trying to do like a survivor video. I'm like, oh no, like there's so many things. Um, <laughs> I'm on episode 12 and I'm like, oh no. Um, so anyways, yeah, I'm going to take a break. Very brief. Oh no, no. I lied. Sorry. Amazon. I'll have that May, June. I'll have the Rob Sesternino story June 1st, guaranteed. Nice. It's going yeah, to be a great one. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, right after Rob Sesternino, I'm going to briefly talk about Dr. Will because I expect Big Brother this summer, but we'll see. All right. Then you can always follow me at a Mike Bloom type. I'm doing lots of stuff out there in the podcast sphere. Star Trek Picard just finished, had a beautiful finale, and Jessica Lisa and myself had just covered that. Of course, I am writing about Survivor for Parade.com. This week, I am talking to the great Jonathan Penner, who actually was featured with him awesome. and his wife Stacy with their battle with ALS a couple of episodes ago with Yule, so he has plenty of thoughts as to Yule's performance on this season, as well as his reaction to the overwhelmingly positive response to that story and support for her and Jonathan. So be sure to check that out at parade.com slash tag slash survivor. Also doing some coverage of a top chef here on reality TV wrap ups over on post show recaps. In addition to star Trek Picard going down the hash with Josh Wiggler every week doing our lost rewatch podcast. And this week I've got a couple of other podcasts I'm doing. I'm going to be joining the great Shannon Gus to wrap up this season of Australian survivor all stars. It has been an interesting season to say the least. So we're going to have plenty of thoughts about the winner, how the season was overall, give out some rewards, etc. And as pretty mentioned before, fortunately, uh, Big Brother Canada 8 had to close its doors due to the coronavirus pandemic. But yeah. we I decided to warm up the old Brant Steel machine. And on Tuesday night, I'm going to be joining the LFC to do a simulation of the rest of the season to give Ooh. our own canonical response as to what happened on Big Brother Canada 8. It's not something we haven't really done before in our simulation podcast, but I'm excited to sort of break new ground here. So be sure to check that out. That's going to be a live video on Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern with the LFC. So lots to check out there. Make sure you follow me at a Mike Bloom type. Follow Liana as well at Liana RHAP. She's got Mass Singer going on. She's got RuPaul's Drag Race going on. And of course, she'll be back next week. If you have a game that you want to suggest to us, write it in RHAPBNB at gmail.com. We do not have discriminating tastes. We are here for any and all games you can send our way, especially as we turn to the post merge here. Gentlemen, thank you so so much for coming on, for bringing your games, for entertaining these wacky conversations, for rating sticks and divers' helmets and skulls and crossbones. Uh, it's it's been an extremely fun time for an extremely fun season. Special thanks to Scott St. Pierre for editing this behind the scenes. Our head writer Paul Oslison and Wolf from America for our fantastic theme song. Liana and I will be back next week with Kirsten McInnes to break down the merge episode of Survivor: Winners at War. But for now, we'll check you out. At your next day. Mike and Liana gather playing some games. You better pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R H A P B M B. Mike and Liana.
It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.